0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential,
1: him and her. Aha! Uh-huh. And so this morning I said, I'm not going to have this day not filled with gratitude, so I put my backpack on and I walked to the office from my house. I said, why do you hate yourself? Why do you hate yourself right now? What is wrong with you? And I said, let's do some affirmations. I said, what do you like about yourself? I go, you're a nice guy, you are a nice guy. You are pretty fucking funny. And then I was like, if people like you, why can't you like yourself right now? And then a black dude jogging said, the machine, and fist bumped me and I went, he likes you. You gotta do something right. You gotta be doing something right. And then on that walk, I changed my mood around entirely. I walked into the office and I was fucking get. I was like, fuck yeah, we got a podcast with Julian Edelman. Let's do this.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Him and Her Show. Today we have a firecracker, a roller coaster, an insane episode with someone who's become a friend of ours. Bert Kreischer. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Bert. He's an absolute legend. For those of you that aren't, he's a stand up comedian, podcaster, reality television host, and actor. In 1997, he was featured in an article in Rolling Stone, which we talk about on this show, while attending Florida State University. The magazine named Kreischer the top partier in the number one party school in the country. The article also served as inspiration for the 2002 film Van Wilder featuring Ryan Reynolds. Today, we're sitting down with Bert to discuss his lengthy career in comedy, what it took to get the success that he now has, how he gets creative with his marketing tactics, and how to strategically run a comedy business. We also take a couple zins on this episode, Lauren's first time slamming some nicotine. That was a little bit out of the park for her, but we got through it. And we also talk about relationships and love and how to know who your friends are and who they aren't, and just really how to enjoy life in general. Lauren and I also recently went on one of Bert's shows called Something Burning, where he cooked us an amazing lunch and where we had a great time. And like I said, we've just become big fans of Bert and have developed a friendship and really just love the guy. With that, Bert Kreischer, you legend, welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Okay, You've come with more goodies and accoutrements, and whatever I almost I brought.
1: I almost brought rose. Oh. You could have brought rose. Yeah, I was going to bring rose. So I was thinking about having a drink. So I, I didn't haven't drank in like I think it was eleven days. I drank last night, and woke up with searing anxiety this morning. And then, but I'm going to Mexico tomorrow, and so I was like, well, I'm going to drink then. And then I was like, oh, I'll bring a bottle of rose. And then I was like, Ah, fuck it. We'll bring Zins and weed.
2: What do you? Do when you wake up hungover? Because you know I have a protocol. I want to know yours.
1: Oh, first thing I do is sun my butthole. Okay. Then
2: I knew it. I knew it.
1: <laughs> no, I I have searing anxiety if I'm hungover. Okay. like legit <laughs> searing anxiety. Today it was bad. Like Today what was, goes
2: through your head? <laughs> like I really like the real narrative.
1: I felt like I had fucked up. I felt like I had talked to too many people.
2: Oh, that also worst.
1: Had a, I had a moment. That's the worst one. There's a guy I met 30 years ago. His name's David Wayne. He's a director. He was in a TV show called The State on on MTV back in the 90s. Now, I, I want to be very specific, and I love David Wayne. Okay, I met him 30 years ago in Greece before I was into stand-up, and I told him I wanted to be a stand-up, and he gave me his phone number, and I, Called that phone number when I moved to New York, and he took me to my first stand-up show. He brought me to his first stand-up show. Stella. I saw Janine Garofalo, Zach Galifianakis. I saw some of the most brilliant comedy, and that was my first night in New York, and it welcomed me into the scene. And now, thirty years later, I run into a bar last night, and I've done this a few times to him. And I told him, "Hey, man, it's me. I'm the guy that ran into you in Greece thirty years ago. And let's just put a footnote out there. I'm one of the biggest comedians in the country. <laughs> like, isn't that a kind of a cool like story?" And David Wayne, every time just rolls his eyes. He goes, yeah, I know. Like it's just so non-pulsed by the fucking. I love the. I love the kismet of the, the craziness serendipity. But then he's with Joe Latrulio. Joe Latrullo is a great actor. He was in the state, and I say to him. Can you please introduce me to Joe? Cause I met Joe in Greece, and Joe gave me what I needed. He was like, "Dude!" And then I started quoting old state bits from thirty fucking years ago from th- to both of them, and I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" But I woke up embarrassed that I was fanboyed out. I was—I should have just not said anything.
2: The funny thing is, though, is everyone's thinking about themselves, so it doesn't even matter.
1: Yeah, everyone does think about themselves. Yeah.
2: So, like, they probably woke up with anxiety that they said something. Do you know what I mean?
1: I don't think, I think there's, so there's people like, and I put David Wayne in this group. I know Suguru's in this group. They're dead inside. And so they just, they don't really care. Like Tom doesn't care. Like I, I'm like, he really doesn't care. And it, it amazes me what he does care about amazes me because I do care. Like if a celebrity walked in, I would get excited. I would, my heart would race. We ran into Anna Kendrick last night uh-huh. and I fucking geeked out. I geeked out. Leanne geeked out. Luckily, Anna Kendrick's a cool person. She geeked out because she knew who I was, so it was a fun little energy. But Tom, if he was at a party, he just would be like, who is that? Oh, yeah, Pitch you really
2: think he doesn't care?
1: He genuinely doesn't.
2: Is it because he's been, a, I nope, you've nope, been he around? No, no, he's
1: not. He's not been around famous people. So, like,
2: when, when Rogan has Elon Musk on his show, he doesn't care?
1: Joe? I, there's a couple people Joe cares about. Like, Joe. Yeah. The first time he, ma- I would imagine, and I can't speak for Joe at all, and I would never assume to. There are people that he geeked out. Who, who did he geek out about? There was one he had, who he had one of the like. I think he had like Keith, R- maybe one the Stones, obviously. one of the Stones on the on his podcast. You got
2: Tom wouldn't geek out over that.
1: Uh, definitely not music. Tom's not into music. He Tom geeks out. Okay, Tom would geek out over Daniel Ricciardo, like a Formula One. Guy. Yeah, like yeah, or Athlete. like or like a football player. Like Shane Gillis geeks out over football players. Like, I geek out over the lowest grade of celebrity you could ever imagine.
2: I kind of like it, though.
1: I like if it's, you.
2: I, it's self aware.
1: But it's. But here's the deal I'm also older than both you guys, and I'm older than Tommy and Shane. My cele, celebrity was really hard to come by when I was a kid. The biggest celebrity I ever met was Gary Yapremian. Do you know who that is? No. He was the place kicker for the Bucks. So, okay, so like I just I just thought what if I you, came and I was like I know exactly that it just went on a tangent dude, I remember the first time I ever saw myself on a commercial for my TV show on like it just ran and I went shut I'm on TV like I'm on TV That's That still cool. blows me away if I see myself on TV I go shut like I if I see a billboard for myself I'm doing the the forum May 11th and we just went to the forum to see the Eagles and we're sitting in the forum club By the way, both you guys are invited. I'd love to have you. I want to go. go and the forum clubs fucking amazing I was geeking out over celebrities in the forum club because it's all celebrities. I was like, shut the fuck up. But then my picture came up. Burke Chrysler's at the forum. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. Like, I love it. I don't know. And I know it's not cool and sexy to say uh, because I've read comments and I know, I don't read them now, but I have read in the past that people, fans, internet fans don't want you to care about celebrity.
0: But you know, but the thing is, is like, we just had your wife on and I told you she, she killed it, but she really did. And I think after hearing your story and her story and how long it took this makes a ton of sense and we were talking about how some people get like internet famous yeah like that real quick and who knows how long they stay but they can't appreciate it as much because they don't you know what i mean it's like it's just like all of a sudden something goes viral and you're known you're like riding this wave and you don't have the, you you personally have all of the years and the struggle on the back and like being broke and and struggling to make it as a you're convenient. leading
1: in me me into the best question I've ever been asked. Oh my that god! That you don't know what the question is. I'm just gonna answer it. Please do. So what's fascinating about what you're saying is I'm gonna share. I'm gonna overshare, and I apologize. To love my an overshare. Go for it. My daughter Georgia said to me, "It's so." And we were just skiing, and she said to me in a private moment, "It's so good to have you back." And I didn't really. I just. She goes, "I missed you," and I. Was, was like yeah it was, she's been at college and then she said it again like you've been gone for a while and what, so what happened is 2017 i think is when the machine story went viral i worked so hard and not did not succeed for so long
0: when did you start working officially
1: so on my 26th birthday is the first day i started doing stand up every night and got a job doing stand up okay. my 26th birthday and at 44 i think maybe 45 I had my first taste of real success. I had TV shows. No one ever watched them. They never rated. No one ever, like I did Letterman, but yeah, no one ever. 20 years. Easily. Easily 20 years. And then the machine story went viral. I started selling tickets. And what happened is, it's almost like putting a person who's been stranded at sea at a fucking smorgasbord. I ate myself sick. I got, I was like, you cannot get me off the road. You want to offer me a special, done. You want to offer me a TV show, done. You want to offer me a movie, done. I'll say yes to everyone. I'm going to show up on time, and I'm going to fucking burn it. You want to, you're telling me next, this year, you want me to do an arena tour. You want me to tour Europe, tour Australia, tour New Zealand, release a movie, release a special, put out a tour, do a fully loaded at sea cruise, do Red Rocks, and then finish the arena tour, done, no problem. What I didn't realize is that I had blinders on, and I was, I was ignoring everything that mattered for my career because I had never had success. And so I thought it's going away, I gotta get it all. I was eating it in a panic, in a frenzy. And so I I think just recently, and, and I think you guys ran into me when I wasn't drinking, last time we hung out. Yeah, yeah, we're not drinking. Yeah, I was not drinking, but I didn't drink for an extended period of time and I think I slowed down and I started realizing, oh shit, I've been a vacant human. Like I've been there you, you, from the outside looking in And for the most part, I was around, but like during the pandemic, you know, my, my special hits and immediately I'm in I'm in like, I'm angsty. Like, what am I not going to tour during the pandemic? And so my things like create a tour, everyone else is staying home with the families. I create a drive-in movie theater tour that I get awards for. It's great. It's, it's what you're supposed to do. Right. But I leave my family, go out and risk the pandemic. And I'm in a tour bus living with six dudes in a bubble for, for roughly the majority of the pandemic did 39 cities. We did 80 shows. I mean, it was like, but I think when you talk about these kids who get success young as internet famous, a lot of them, I felt wasted it and would be like, it'll be here forever. This is what I do. I'm, I'm famous. I was chosen by the Lord to be famous and successful because I've got the thing. Well, I am hyper aware. I don't got the thing. I don't have it. I never had it. It's a fickle little energy that's out in the universe of why people like you and why people decide that you're they're a fan of yours. And if you don't appreciate it and give it to them as much as you can, I, this is how I lived. Then you're not you're not appreciating the universe. You're not giving back to the universe. And so I went after it. And now, for the first time, I, like I'll do a tour because I'm doing a special in July. But then I'm taking a break, like a real break, like an eight month break from doing stand up. And I've never done that. I'm taking a break from doing everything to be like a try to be a present human being.
2: So when your daughter says do you you're back, she means you're not vacant.
1: I'm not leveraging Distracted. my moments with them for content. Yeah. I'm not trying to sell tickets. I don't have her holding a go I mean, there's a go? a, pro, a, a GoPro or a or or a doing a running a drone. I mean, there was this is how my brain operated. It's a, it's one of my favorite promos I've ever done in my entire life. I got really good at promos. Being in control of your own career is the most powerful thing any entertainer can do. That's what these internet internet kids forget sometimes, and no no disrespect to them, but they post and shoot content. They're in charge of their own career. They don't have managers and agents trying to tell them what to do. That's what the paradigm we were in before. But what happens is they do it, and then they just go, I got it. I got it. Well, it is a very powerful thing to be a comedian and not to rely on your promoter. And to have them say, yo, you're going to do Red Rocks. It's 10,000 seats. Right now you can only move 5,000. But let's see if you can do it. I love that challenge. I love that challenge. Put me in arenas. I love arenas. You know why? First of all, you can do bottom bowl and make great money. But if you start pulling back curtains, which is where I'm at now, where you're filling out the whole arena, doing Boston Garden to the top, to the ceiling, selling every ticket, you get great money. But I love the challenge. I love the challenge. And I would do, when I was doing clubs, they'd be like, yo. I we want to add a Sunday show, added two Sunday shows, and I'd be like, great, I got it. And I was so lost in the, uh, actually don't do that. It's It's, it's good money, but I want to come home Sunday and spend time with my family, that what I then would do would be like, hey, everyone, outside. I remember this is a true story. I took my family outside, they added two Sunday shows, and I said, not a problem, I'll sell those tickets tonight. I got the girls outside, George operated a drone, Isla had the hose, Leanne had a leaf blower, I was in a Speedo, I had the American flag going. Bob Seger reveals me with the American flag in the Speedo and then my whole family <laughs> holding all the objects. It's a great promo to Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. <laughs> and it sold out Sunday in 15 minutes. And I, but I loved having that control in that process. I didn't ask if anyone had homework. I didn't ask what bedtime was, what we were doing for dinner. I just was like, I gotta move tickets because that pays the bills.
2: I think what's so cool about you and your wife—it's interesting interviewing you guys back to back—is that you both are incredibly self-aware and hyper-aware of how you are as parents and what what you didn't do right and how you could do it better now. It's interesting. A lot of a lot of people are just kind of like, "I've done I've done everything right."
1: Oh, there's accountability. Factor. Or I did all I could. Or or in my case, and I'm not I'm not talking about Tom specifically, <laughs> but I kind of am. is like when you talk about like. Like so many parents, like Tom's got a couple nannies, right? And like we didn't have nannies growing up. I mean we had like one that would come to when Leanne was at work, but like we couldn't afford No, oh, she
0: told us when she came on the show that like you were nine to five until yeah. you went and she yeah, like she told us the whole and thing. So
1: so sometimes when you hear like a parent killing it that is one of my friends that has a ton of money, I'm like, I bet you are, but are you? Like not and I'm not saying this about Tom, but like are but like are you? Are you like the killing it like the dad in Omaha? who, you know, like that's my old, my whole thing is like, you see sometimes parents who get a lot of opportunities to have nannies and have help, and and they're like, yeah, I'm killing it as a parent. And you're like, yeah, you are, you definitely are. But like, but like you gotta realize there are parents that are killing it in different ways. And I always judge myself by that dad in Omaha, cause that's, we were poor parents. So I was like, I, I'm super critical of myself.
2: It's. I think it's so hard to be a parent. I, 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 I never feel like I'm killing it. It's so hard.
0: I think. full disclaimer, we have nannies and we still don't feel like we're killing them. No,
2: but, And like, I also think as a woman, like you're expected to, sometimes it feels like to stay home. People ask me if I have nannies, but not him. It's, it's, it's a yeah. lot.
1: Oh, it's a lot. You have I, to make listen, sacrifices. Listen, if you are blessed enough to have a nanny that uh, I can't imagine.
2: I mean, I Leanne was telling us how you'd walk to Trader Joe's with your girls and you would get dinner and you guys would like, I, but I mean, I look at that and I'm like, wow, he really showed up. He was a present dad. And then when it's time for you to kickstart your career and press the gas, you had to press the gas. You to what, do what you got to do.
1: That's what I said. But then, but then, you know, everyone's perspective and everyone's hindsight twenty twenty and everyone looks at you and goes, yeah, but remember when I had my period and then you told the world about it? And you're like, you're like, yeah, but it was so good. And you're like, I know that that was really weird that I did that, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was so funny. Like, don't you understand? Which that? daughter, Isla?
2: And is she still mad?
1: No, no, no. She was. She wasn't even mad when it happened. She. So I filmed. This is this is my flaw as a parent. I will tell you that. I filmed her entire period party. What's on, a period
2: party? I didn't have uh, a period party.
1: This is why I talked about it on my Netflix. No fashion. one has a
2: period party. I didn't have a period party. Throw me a fucking period party. Thank you. Bitch.
1: This fucking child was what twelve years old, called me from school, was like, yo, it happened. I said, what? She goes, I got my period. And I was like, Oh shit. What do you need? Like new clothes, new socks to get in your socks? Like, what I don't know, like, I don't know anything about period. She goes, No, I'm fine. Mom gave me a go bag. But I need you to go to the store and get a red velvet cake. I was like, What? She goes, I'm throwing a period party tonight. I was like, wait, what the fuck's that? She goes, it's a party to celebrate my period. We're gonna name it. We're gonna invite a bunch of girls over, but I need you to get all red stuff. So like get Kool-Aid, get get p- pasta, get everything red, and then Creative. we're gonna it. And then we're all gonna wear red. And then we're gonna invite two boys. We're not gonna tell them why they're there. And so that'll be the fun. We'll laugh. Funny. It's really She's
2: funny. Funny. Oh my gosh.
1: Did you hear that, Isla? That's why I told it. Yeah. So like I, it happens. I go to Conan like, two nights later. Uh oh. And Conan's like, Conan's like, so what's going on? I'm just bullshit, with Conan and I said, Yeah, fucking dude. I th- Isla, my youngest, threw a period party the other night. And he's like, Wait, Oh, I we thought talk? you were
0: gonna say you did this on your socials. you did this on Conan. <laughs> I,
1: hold on. I did it on socials. I put it on socials that night. Like I put it in my stories, this is right, right? When stories were blowing up, I put it in my stories. I then talked about it on Conan and it was it went viral, like twenty million views within twenty four hours.
2: Because every girl wants a period party.
1: Well, okay. So
0: but so, they don't want Conan to talk about it to 20 million
1: people. I
2: wouldn't have cared, but I, I understand some people do care about that.
1: She saw it and she was like, and you know what's so funny? Someone just told me that Damon Wayans Jr. had said something to a friend of mine about his dad talking about him jerking off as a kid. And he was like, yo, I'm like fucking 12. Can you not tell my school I jerk off? <laughs> and so he, I, by the way, I don't know. I'm sure that's fine. But Isla, when she saw it on Conan was like, whoa, do people watch this? And I was like, Yeah. She was like, a lot? And I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) And then she was not cool with it the first night. She was a little worried. And then I was worried. I was like, man, I really fucked up. And then the next day we got emails from people who saw it because it went went viral. We got emails from little girls saying, hey, this is, my name's Brenda. I'm writing this for my daughter, Hannah. Thank you so much, Isla, for letting your dad share your story. Hannah got her period last night. I showed her the video. And tonight we're, we're, we're throwing a period party for her. And we just want to let you know, we named her period Doug. So like e- Isla named her period. Like everyone named- What was Isla's period Jason. Name?
2: Jason. Because
1: right. she got it on Friday the 13th.
2: She's how do you, creative. How do you
1: not share this fucking content, right? As She's a dad, creative. A, as a dad who's in the business of content, the business of entertainment, how do you not share that story? It's so fucking funny. And then, but then there's been other times like she, you know, the girls are very hyper aware how social media works. So for Isla's 16th birthday, her whole life, For whatever reason, she said, at 16, we get to curse. And I was like, that's not the rule. She goes, no, it's the rule, Dad. At 16, kids can curse. Did you care if they curse? I didn't care. They never cursed, but I didn't care. And Leanne just thought it was a funny thing, but I talked about it. So on her 16th birthday, I get a bunch of DMs from fans like, yo, what's Isla's first curse word? So I'm sitting at dinner with Isla and Leanne. We're having a party at her house. I put up the phone. I go, Isla, it's your 16th birthday party. You can start cursing. What's your first curse word gonna be? She's eating cake. She looks at Leanne and goes, cunt. And it fucking. I I, po- I just post it. Vic posts on on TikTok, and that night I'm in bed, and Isla comes down to my room. She goes, "Yo, you got to pull that down." I was like, "What?" She goes, "It's gotten six million views," and I was like, "Hold on, wait, what?" It's got. To- I'm, I have tickets to sell. I'm like, you know, for real." I'm like, "I should have put fucking tour dates on the end of it." God damn it! Like in my head, right? She's like, "No, Dad, I I do not want to be the cunt girl," and I said, "What do you mean?" She goes. What'll happen is people take that audio like they did with Miranda oh. Cosgrove. Just pull it. Yeah, and they'll pull it and then they'll, vo- they'll voice over her going cunt. And then that, she'll be the cunt girl for the rest of her life. So she said, pull it. And so. She is right. Let me tell you, I haven't learned because the other day, <laughs> the other day, we were at the beach during the big waves, the big waves that were here, and Isla got taken by a wave and not swept out sea. I saw sea. that. That was so fucking funny. It has 16.7 million views on Instagram.
2: Let me see it. I want to pull it's,
1: it up. It's going viral. I only it's saw going you viral in I Mexico. She right seemed like she was
0: like a good... Like, she didn't seem that she minded that. No, but that's
1: Isla. Is Isla's like the coolest? If you go to my stories, it's... I, I, I'm sure it's in there. Here, I'll just show it to you.
2: She looks fine. But she looked happy there.
1: Yeah, but that's... She so, was
2: happy knowing that he's not going to post it.
1: No, no, she... She ended. She had up, to know
0: at this point that you're, you're going to post. Well, crap. at
1: that point, when we when I did it, I posted it. She posted it to her Instagram. She's like, "Send me that video. I'm gonna post it." Posted it to her TikTok. She got a burner account. Mine went. Mine went like insane. The first, the second, we posted it. It was like just like you can tell. I t- I can tell Instagram videos if you're getting in the ten thousands by the minute, then you got a good video. Like 10,000 first minute, twenty thousand second minute, thirty. Then I go, oh, this is gonna track two. 2.5 million is like a big video for me usually. That That's one was videos. that one's sixteen point seven million right now and it's been two weeks. Is she mad? Mm, well, I now. also learned the hard the hard way. You just don't share how viral it's going anymore.
2: Yeah, you have to act blasé. That's I'm the like, whole what? thing. what?
1: Sixteen point seven?
2: The problem is you get too excited and then they're like, Why are you excited? That's a woman. L- yeah.
1: Let me ask you this. She
0: part. just ask act aloof. I've always wondered, cause post thirty my hangovers feel like the devil's living inside my head like Body. It is, how do you keep such a heavy pace and party like that and how are you still alive is what I'm mean. like I mean yeah. I can't even if I smell alcohol now post thirty I'm hungover for a week
2: yeah but you're kind of you could be a puss about it no you could be a puss i'm i'm'm I'm, I mean
0: fine uh, but still I, I, how okay. you're a little eh. If I if you told me like hey you can do this you're going to have to go on a bender for a week. We talked about this. We're going to bender for a week.
1: I'm going yeah. on a bender starting tomorrow in Mexico. Yeah.
0: I like a good week bender, is. but if like but if you tell me I have to do this and then work at the same time for yeah. 4 months. Yeah, I'm how do you do that? Up.
2: That's gnarly.
0: I don't know. Cuz like I can do the you're bender, like but I'm not that. working.
1: No, I um I'm very punitive. So I wake up with very mean voices in my head telling me what I deserve and you got what you deserved. And if you, listen, man, you want to live this life, that's real cool. But get to the gym right now. Get on the treadmill. You're not going to like it. No one likes it. Hey, you might be having a stroke on the treadmill. We don't know. You asked for it, though, buddy. This is your life. And so I just get up and get after it. Like this morning, I woke up with searing anxiety. I was told them I came in. I was like, was that yes? No, no, no. Yesterday, I came in a bad mood. But But you don't get headaches? and No headaches. No headaches. I feel, if anything, I feel smaller. Like I, I can't see, like today I got out, I hung over, not super bad, but, but not feeling great. Made a coffee, took my blood pressure medication. And then I said, I need to be outside. And I, it's very funny you say this because this morning I got out and I said, fuck, because when I stopped drinking, I really found gratitude and joy in in everything. I saw it. I saw it and I felt it and I hadn't felt that in a very long time. I was afraid I lost it when I started drinking again. But then I found out that if you don't drink for one night, that gratitude and joy shows up in in a day or two. It shows up. You just gotta wait it out. You gotta sit through the uncomfortableness of one day of not drinking, and then just, it shows up. And so this morning I said, I'm not gonna have this day not filled with gratitude, so I put my backpack on and I walked to the office from my house down our street, and I kept going, I said, why do you hate yourself? Why do you hate yourself right now? What is wrong with you? And I said, let's do some affirmations. I said, what do you like about yourself? I go, you're a nice guy. You are a nice guy. You are pretty fucking funny. And then I was like, if people like you, why can't you like yourself right now? And then a black dude jogging said the machine and fist pumped me and I went, he likes you. You gotta do something right. You gotta be doing something right. And then on that walk, I changed my mood around entirely I walked into the office, and I was fucking getting... I was like, fuck yeah, we got a podcast with Julian Edelman. Let's do this. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going down to Skinny... Fuck yeah, this is going to be there. Hey, I got you drink tomorrow. We're going mm-hmm. to fucking Mexico. How great is this? Oh, I wonder I'm getting vape pens to Mexico. Like, I just got really... I, I changed my narrative in my head this afternoon. I had the one thing, my dad had surgery yesterday. I go, Your dad's still alive? Like, I, I just pointed out all the things I have to be grateful for. And then I started, I really love trees. Like, I love trees. And I started seeing all the trees on my street, and I was like, God damn it, they've been waiting for you this whole time. Someone planted them, and they're just waiting for you to love them. I was like, These trees are fucking awesome. Have you awesome. ever
2: read Louise Hay? I
1: don't know who she is.
2: She's. I- I'm going to text you all her stuff. Everything you said is her. You literally, the way you talk to yourself is how you come off. Like you're, the way you're talking to yourself is you're, you're basically making your future by your thoughts.
1: Oh, I believe in, I believe in what you put out in the universe comes back to you. And I always say the things I want out loud. And I tell you what I want to do out loud, even as, as, as foolish as it may sound like I love that. I love that I, you know I, I and when I was when the girls were young, people would say, "How you doing?" and I was working for Travel Channel at the time Kind of a thankless job it was good mo- it was good money it was really good money, but it wasn't like no one was watching my show it wasn't getting me anywhere it was like being a stripper it was a lot of fun, but I had no future and I used to tell people they go, "How you doing I go, tired and then I wondered one day if by me saying tired if that made me tired and then I changed it. And people said, how are you doing? And I said, fucking amazing. I'm having one of the best days of my life. And then I started realizing that permeates and it fills you with having a much better day. And by the way, one of the affirmations I said today is any day you're here is a great day. What the fuck are you doing? Any day you're sitting here is a great fucking day.
2: She said every mirror you walk by, you should say, I love you. And Um, look yourself right in the eye. Why do you
1: give me so much shit when I do it? Never
2: yeah, you a do, you, and well, like, you just fucking stare at the I mirror and look a mirror, at your hairline. I know. He will be kissing me in the elevator and the mirror behind the elevator looking at himself. I'm, aver- as he I'm affirming
1: myself. It's like,
2: honestly outrageous. The, he, look, you do look in the mirror a lot.
1: I'm affirming myself. Okay, well, I'm going to take it to the next level that will really creep you out. Can't wait. So if I'm having a beat up day about myself i'll go to the mirror and give myself a kiss
2: oh wow i like it
1: <laughs> i do it all the I, time. Like it. I, go, I like it i go in and i go like it i say thing is, i like you buddy i love you a lot and i kiss myself on the lips
0: i have to what i what i try to explain is i have to exercise a lot of demons out of this mind and if it means i have to look in the mirror or do something weird like I, the I, other I,
2: day he told me he goes ah oh, i was taking a shower looking at my naked body and my hairline and I'm like, what? Who That's what I said this? That's what, what did I you said. say? What did you say?
0: I said I was looking at my cock. It was hanging
1: I totally ended the day. I have a beautiful dick. I was looking at it. And I, I, was like, I was like, I look fucking good. So when I lost weight, my dick got bigger. And all of a sudden, I'm like looking at this dick. And I go, you got to love this. I'm
0: on the Huberman. What's it called? The Fadoja. Oh, my God. What's it called? What's the stack that he recommends? Holy I don't know. shit oh fuck what's it called um,
2: uh, we had sex last night the Fidocia on this stuff that Huberman uh, recommends I was like what is going on what is it I'm
1: taking it from is, I'm gonna, Rhy- rhinoceros Bino- no, no, it's, <laughs> it's rhinoceros boner pills it's rhinoceros horn no 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 honestly that works? it
2: felt like you were on Viagra
0: no it's, um, it's a natural stuff. I'm gonna send it to you after this and I, it's Please. Fidocia if anyone just searches like Huberman Tesla, it's a natural supplement stack Moment- that,
2: f- that it works hold on Mo-
0: really. Momentus makes it you have to cycle on and off it yeah. but instead of having to take
1: it feels like, like it's
2: TR- pumping it's, blood anyway no oh. but I <laughs> don't our, our sex track.
1: is fucking insane we right heard
2: now. all about it tell us about how you guys are dating she, oh tell yeah, us about tell the us hotel about the room dating. tell I, us about the car yeah tell I, us they, about the car we,
1: we went deep with her oh that was the fuck. that was the day it, everything changed <laughs> just, that was the day everything changed tell i don't us know about the car. i don't know what her story is but i'll tell you the real story i was in the middle of pushing it and grinding it right doing the movie <laughs> doing the movie promoting the movie doing a whole day of press junkets i go to the store i do three spots of the store leanne's with me and we go to Saddle Ranch. I love Saddle Ranch. We go to Saddle Ranch for dinner. <laughs> have dinner. We just talk about nothing. Have a couple. Of, I have a couple of drinks. Go to the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom. We're getting ready to leave. And as she's walking out, a couple walks into the bathroom, a guy and a girl. She goes, they're going in to have, their, have sex. And I said, yeah. She goes, can you believe that? I said, yeah, they're young. That's what young people do. They fuck. She was like, what? And I said, very casually, I said, we used to be like that. She's like, what? And then Leanne processes. We drive over the hill. We get into the driveway and she pulls the car under the carport, which is weird. We don't normally park under our carport. I go, "What are you doing?" She's like, "We're still young." And then she takes off all her clothes and fucks my brains out. I'm talking old school, Leanne. Old school, old school, Leanne. When she when she get real turned on, her lip goes like Elvis, like <laughs> like and and I was I honestly I first thought I had was she cheated on me. She cheated on me. She's trying to win me back. Something She's got guilty of something. No one does this for nothing. And from that moment on, she was a brand new person. I mean, brand new person. I said to her last night, I don't know if she shared this with you. I said to her last night, tonight, every time we have sex, but tonight you do two new things that fucking blow my mind. I think I thanked her. I said, thank you for whatever happened to you because you're doing stuff that, is put, that you've never done that is the sexiest thing I've seen every fucking time she does something new. I, w- I wish I could tell you in detail what we did, but it was the fucking hottest can shit. Can we get
2: like a new tip? What if people are at home, they need a tangible takeaway. Can we get a tip, like I, a new thing that she did? Sh- we can edit she, it out. If she's no, 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 no,
1: no, no. Did she work the taint? No, 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 on no, the no. Edge
2: of seat.
1: no, no. No, no. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what she did one time which this was like one of the things where it started where she
2: Taylor's literally masturbating right.
1: Now. She like she's never been good at hand jobs. Like I talked about it on a special like I've I I hate what,
2: to break it to you guys a lot of girls aren't good at hand jobs.
0: The problem is is it's never going to be better than your own hand job because
1: yeah, yeah come on. I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your you guys are, are good, good and, and you guys. have a
2: different angle.
1: I got my 10,000 hours put in. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> So one uh, night, Malcolm
0: Gladwell expert level.
1: <laughs> one night we got on well, I was born in January. I, one night, that's a really inside cut, deep cut to the Malcolm Gladwell book. <laughs> Most hockey players are born in January out of Canada, guys. anyway. <laughs> so one night we like fool around, I give her an orgasm, and then usually that's how it goes. She has an orgasm, and then I have one. I give her an orgasm, and then she doesn't have sex with me. She like pulls guard. I don't know if you do jujitsu. She, she, like, she, I don't know what the fuck she did. She got on like a, she got like a cross body hold on me of something. My dick in one hand and and she, and by the way, she sucked on my nipple which she has never done and I had an orgasm within five seconds. Well, and I'm I, sucking on and your I nipple. was like, I was like, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> I go, what the fuck did you just do? And she just, it's the different human. And every fucking night I, last night she did two things new that I've never done with her. And I'm like, I, I told her, I said, thank you. I, I don't know what happened to you, but thank you. You're making me, I never talked during sex. I never talked during sex. My whole life I never talked during sex. Because I, I was just uncomfortable in sex. I, I didn't know, I wasn't free. I wasn't genuinely free having sex with people. And I realized the other night I'm talking and I'm talking dirty and I love it and I, and I really enjoy it, but I feel safe enough with her to talk dirty during sex And I told her, I said, I'm talking during sex. Like how crazy is that? She's like, yeah, you've really loosened up. I was like, you have shown me a side of you that I never knew was there that I feel safe trying things. I've tried things with her that I've never tried with anybody. And I'm like, this is, and by the way, we've been married 20 fucking years and this just showed up. It's almost like I got a girlfriend while still having a wife because I get to have sex with this fucking wildcat who is like, honestly game for anything. She told us that she talked
0: to a friend of their or yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, you got to start dating. Like you had to do the things you would not do. Not date you were, night. Not date night, but dating. Dating.
2: Like, dating. You would Buy do... lingerie, shave your toes. Huh? She, yeah, <laughs> <Girl> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Shave your mustache. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she, she was I went to Vietnam with her friends and her friend Shiva sh- shared with her, you know, I just date my, I date my husband. Leanne's like, we're married. Yeah, we date. We go out and date. And she's like, no, I date him like, you know, like we plan things out. And what's funny is, is I sometimes forget we're dating. And like last night we went to a premiere party or whatever, and I get very uncomfortable. So I just go, I'm going to just beeline in. And she was like, yo, I'm your wife. We're dating. Slow down. Hold my hand. I'm in heels. Be my wife, be my, be my husband, be my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, that's right. I'm, if I was not dating my wife, if I was, single and I was brought a girl to this there's no way I would have been like you find your way in I'm gonna fucking find the bar And but you
2: guys do get a little rusty and lazy as y- you get yes. up I think everybody yeah.
0: gets a little rusty and lazy
2: I was not rusty last night in fact I'm gonna give myself a 10 out of 10 lean style last night it, yeah yeah don't was good yeah
1: when, when was the last time you tried something new
2: last night maybe <laughs> <laughs> last, I'm telling you that mixture whatever whatever Andrew Huberman's telling the guys Dude, to I'm take gonna, I'm gonna, telling you
0: we had a guy on the podcast. Says, you gotta, you gotta a write joke. a handwritten note to some like people. have, I'm just gonna write Andrew a note. Like, here, Andrew, thank you so much for my new testosterone I'm him right
1: now. Yeah. Say
2: what? Say what's that t- testosterone um, mixture? It's like well, it's, because, not, it's not TRT. It's like a no,
1: no. Because because well, hey, the, what's the cock cocktail you have for sex?
0: Hey, you know
2: Momentus makes it.
0: Oh,
1: Momentus.com/scooty.
0: There you go, free one. Now everyone's gonna go get it. See, because that's the ad quick break to talk about one of the most important things you should be doing in your life in my opinion, and that is taking better care of your dogs with one of our favorite show partners, the Farmer's Dog. This new year, the easiest healthy habit to start is one for your dog. The Farmer's Dog makes feeding real healthy dog food easy and convenient, and your dog will absolutely love it. Our dogs, ever since they have switched to Farmer's Dog, are feeling happier, healthier, and all around just more energetic. Lauren and I spend so much time thinking about our own personal health, and for some reason, we did not have this light bulb moment to start thinking about taking care of our dogs in a better way. That was until we discovered the Farmer's Dog, who has since become a long-term partner and who we use all the time for our pets. The Farmer's Dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy food right to your door. It's developed by vets, nutritionally balanced, and made from real meat and veggies to the safety standards of human food. It's the best option for dogs of all life stages because it's not kibble. It's not canned goo. It's just real food, real healthy food for your dogs. Why would you not want to give your dogs healthy food like you give yourself? Traditional dry and wet dog food options are highly processed, can use much lower quality ingredients than they claim to, and are extremely difficult to portion accurately. The farmer's dog isn't just fresh, higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog. So check it out. It doesn't matter if your dog is young or old. It's always the right time to begin investing in their health. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com skinny. Plus, you get free shipping. Just go to thefarmersdog.com skinny to get 50% off. That's thefarmersdog.com skinny. Quick break to talk about Armor Colostrum. If you guys have not discovered Armor Colostrum, I have one of life's greatest answers for you. Recently, we had Dr. Sarah Rahal on the show. That was episode number 610, if you didn't hear it, talking all about the root causes of chronic disease, gut health, and how to heal it. And we talked all about Colostrum, specifically Armor Colostrum, which she is the founder of. For those of you that don't know what colostrum is, colostrum is the first nutrition we receive in life and contains all of the essential nutrients our bodies need in order to thrive. Lauren and I have been taking armor colostrum pretty much every single day since we've talked to Dr. Sarah. Our kids take it. We both take it. We have it morning and night. I put it in smoothies, especially during a time when we're trying to boost our immune systems and seal our gut barriers. Not only just our gut barriers, but basically all the body's barriers, which we talk about in the episode we did with Dr. Sarah. Arma is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 living bioactive nutrients that rebuild the barriers of your body and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed health benefits. Like I said, we've been taking it pretty much daily. You can take it just straight out of the can in powder form. You can put it in a drink. They have all sorts of different delicious flavors. We travel with them, and they've really become a staple in our routine, especially after we had that conversation with Dr. Sarah and learned all about the benefits of Armour colostrum. So check it out. We've worked out a special offer for our audience. Receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarma.com skinny or enter skinny to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com skinny.
2: Every single morning, my kids come downstairs and the first thing that they want, even before water, is their vitamin. It's so cute. Towns wants one, Zaza wants one, and they always want Haya Health. Their vitamins are absolutely amazing. They taste so good. And I know this because I've actually tried them. My daughter is obsessed with the pink and my son likes green because he's having a real moment with the Grinch. (laughs) So everything's green. I personally like Haya as a mom because everything's made with zero sugar and zero gummy shit. And it tastes great and it's perfect for picky eaters. It also has vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to support immunity, energy, brain function, and mood. I also think personally, it's really important as parents, at least to me, to create like little routines and rituals with my kids. And I think this is like a healthy thing that we all do in the morning. Michael takes it on. He tries to be the hero giving the vitamin, but I always try to swoop in there. And I have just found that Hia Health has the absolute best vitamins for kids. They're non-GMO. They're pediatrician approved, vegan, dairy free, allergy free, gelatin free and everything you can imagine. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com skinny. You should know this deal is not available on their regular website. Go to hiyahealt skinny and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
0: Is it true that Van Wilder is based off of you?
1: Yeah, but I don't really like, there's no way to really prove it, but yeah, like I've been told by people that were worked on the movie that my, my article was the inspiration.
0: Okay. So they're like, this guy's just partying his face off. Yeah. And what, we, so how do you even get an article? Like what, okay. How does that happen? How does somebody write it? Cause we know a lot of people that party, but like, how do you get somebody to go like
1: this guy really parties? Let's put a news Zen in. That's a good question.
2: I've never seen the Zen.
1: What, what do you just so walk
2: awesome. through what you're doing, really quick? It's what nicotine, is it? Nicotine,
1: right? Just straight. It's nicotine. nicotine. Andrew Hubman approves.
2: He approves. I love yeah.
1: fucking nicotine. Oh, I love Try it. One. I love it so much.
2: Try
0: one. Well, I, I haven't done So if Try I haven't done one, one I was just going to like, am I going to go fucking
1: here? Start with the Rogue.
0: What's the difference between a Rogue? They're and a, rogue. a little
1: softer and they're sweeter. They taste better. Just put it in under the lip. Just put it in your lip. Don't And you can swallow, but don't swallow the Zen but just don't, sit with so it what's
2: the zen the packet, yeah, the, the
1: packet. Sure. don't swallow the packet but just you can swallow the thing you can swallow this this the
2: it looks like you guys are smuggling cocaine in your lip though
1: it's so sexy
2: but I, can you
0: but so you don't have to worry about like the
1: no the tobacco no it's, it's, it's just, just nicotine it delivers nicotine nicotine's a stimulant and you definitely feel you feel it's the best feeling by in the way
0: world. that cigar you gave me last time was so goddamn oh, good
1: good 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 i'm glad you liked it yeah
2: wait what does nicotine feel like i'm not i'm not a smoker like I don't understand. Uh, it'll
1: make you it'll make you a little dizzy or you'll a little tingly, but you f- you you fire hot. Like your brain kind of like wakes up.
2: And it's good for you.
1: Well Huberman said so.
0: I think nicotine for using it for focus and stuff like that's probably pretty good.
2: Let me try one of those. The can tobacco I try industry says
0: yeah. thinks so too. Yeah.
2: You want to try one, Taylor?
0: No. Have but you I've, tried one? I can't handle can something one? like
2: that. Should I be scared?
0: No, just definitely they, they can be intense
1: yeah you'll be fine can it's I a try? it's a it's a rogue they're not that bad uh, uh? yeah yeah uh, 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 uh,
0: uh. i used to hit nicotine pretty hard so i'm wondering
2: what if do I could you do just it just, it just goes under goes.
1: it just hangs out and then and let it let it activate your slide will get it have a sip of water and then all of a sudden i don't think i can it. do
2: the whole thing i think i'll be too sensitive right
1: no 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 you might love it i feel like you look really kind of strange with it no, is it no, one of the ones really you're cool. not supposed to swallow <laughs> you look like a swedish chick <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why? What is it? Sweetest-, sweetest chicks. It in there.
1: Sweetest Tuck tux chicks tux tux loves tux. these. Suck it in deep. Yeah, sweetest okay, chicks. Okay, so you're love
0: partying em. and somebody's just like, I
1: gotta write an article on this guy's party antics. So, Rolling Stone magazine wanted to write an article about Florida State. Florida State was the number one party school in the country, and they wanted to write a school an article about the college. So they called like four or five people, said, Yo, we want to write an article about your your schools. Or like a sh- someone that we could would show us around that knows a diverse group of people, not just their friends. All of them said Bert. I happened to have partied with all of them the night before. Two of them thought I was prank calling them.
2: Wait, what does partying look like though for you? Is it like, it must be like on crack. If no, people are,
1: no, no, it was, it was just, I was a large personality. Like I drank, I had a good time, but I was the fun guy at the bar. I wasn't, I was original fun, not like hacky fun, like doing the, the, you know, like the, that guy the was the sprinkler dance or whatever no oh, i'm starting the lawnmower I, I didn't have those jokes i had like i was a fun guy i was a really fun guy like tennessee street would be packed bars would be out and i'd climb up to the top of a telephone pole and yell i'm having a post party at my house i have weed and i have mushrooms and cops would be like this and i'd be like, do not tell the cops where i live you know where I live. If you don't ask someone, they'll tell you, but do not tell the cops. I have a lot of drugs at my house. And the cops would be like, Hold on, where do you live? And I'd be like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> and so I was fun. I was I was I would plan parties. I would plan I planned a party called Unga Gunga Balunga, where we it was a big party that we would we would go to a sorority house and them and at like dinner and tell them there's a party in two hours. I still do that. I mean I do I'm doing a call and stick to work show in Austin on Winston Churchill's birthday, so I'll dress. When I, I celebrate, or it's the day he died. I celebrate uh, January 24th. I celebrate Winston Churchill's the day he died just every year. or just you I'm a love- Winston Churchill. It's in
2: Austin. I want to come.
1: It's in Austin. It's a Joe's Club. It's sold out in like five minutes. It, it's we've it's, still
0: never been there, but I heard
1: it's incredible. It's amazing. But I I wake up. I have breakfast the way Winston Church. I love to eventize life. Okay, so I wake up in the bath. I have I, I spend roughly two hours in bed with a meal prepared the way Winston Churchill had ham, bacon, two eggs over sunny side up, toast, jam, coffee, a soft scotch and a cigar. And I read the paper and I sit in there and then I go take a bath for another hour and I have another cigar and have another cocktail. And then I drink champagne at lunch and I have uh, some cognac at the end of lunch. And I just celebrate the way Winston Churchill does. And so when it comes to partying and the way I look at this business or my, my brand, for lack of better words, I like to throw cool parties. I think my fans trust me to throw fun things that is, makes their life fun. So for Winston Churchill, we're all going to go to Joe's Club at noon. Everyone's calling in sick to work. No one's showing up at work that day. And they're planning it out. And then we will start drinking hard at noon. I'm dressing like Winston Churchill. I have a pinstripe old suit. with a
2: no his favorite colors? No. Pink and brown. I didn't know that. We need to get you some pink.
1: Oh, please! I'll have a pink little yeah pocket corsage. Yeah, but I love to eventize life, and so in college, I would just eventize things. I would make things fun. I would make things fun for my friends and and for a lot of people I didn't know. And so, I think I got known as that guy. as like I was funny. I was fun. I was loose. I knew a lot of people, and so they came to Florida State. Stayed with me for a week, and at the end of the week, he wrote an article based on the college, and I, I think the editor of Rolling Stone, Jan Werner, said, just make it about this kid. Like, this kid seems funny. Let's just make it about this kid. Call him the number one party animal in the country. At
0: so the number they did. One party school.
1: At the number one party school. It took Burt Kreischer six and a half years to become the man he is today. The number one party animal, the number one party school in the nation. And it was, I mean, this is what a meathead I am. When I read that, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he knows me, he gets me. <laughs> and so. Oliver Stone's company optioned the rights to my life. I tried to stand up for the first time, and then I moved to New York and started doing stand up. And that was like kind of my introduction. I, w- I always look at like guys like Tommy uh, so enviously that they had the balls to try it with no major publication behind them. You know, because I I tried it when everyone's like you should try it, but most comics just try it when no one says they should try it, and that's like the majority of comics.
0: What is the hardest thing about starting as a comic? I was talking to your wife. I said I think it's the hardest form of art form because we can like shoot the shit here and do this you can write a book or an art but you're just doing it in your own kind of can, protected environment can
2: i just ask what i'm supposed to do with this really quick
1: just sit there you, you just, just sit, sit there, there relax
2: yeah I, i'm not used to having something in my mouth and just sitting here so i just sit here and just let it dissolve yeah and that then what you pull it out
1: yeah you pull it out when you when you but when how do you know one?
2: when it's dissolved
1: and no it'll it you'll, dissolve. you'll start s- tasting the flavor do you taste the flavor uh, yeah i
2: taste like a little it tastes like a cigarette
1: it, no, it's, it's a sh- bit. it tastes like I'm
2: really sensitive to cigarettes. I little underlying. <laughs> no, I do doesn't know how to
0: smoke cigarettes. She, it
2: does. It tastes like a little undertone of a Capri.
1: Oh, I love Capris. Yeah, listen,
2: just a little bit. It doesn't taste yeah.
1: anything like cigarettes. Wait, no. so
2: what does it taste like? Cherry, cherry cigarette.
1: like cherry <laughs> cigarette. <laughs> you're smoking cigarettes. Wait, Cat so Williams. so how do you know when to <laughs>
2: take it out? When you're when you're, when, you, when you're done. How do you know when you're done?
1: When you start feeling like you're like I think I'm done with this or I don't feel the feeling anymore. What's
2: it supposed to feel like? You, just, you should just
0: feel a little bit like yeah, like, a little loose, A little loose, a little bit like head head bust, a little bit, a little like.
2: I don't know. I feel it.
0: Well, I think you feel it. You're talking. I about bet you, you feel it. You, yeah, yeah. I is, feel it. Is that one you can swallow or do you have to spit it all you can out? You swallow it. Can I try one then? Yes. Why? Wait, wait, hold on. Because you can swallow what you want to try? It? Yeah, because like, those you? ones that you can't swallow, if you swallow. You just told it make me you I puke. can't swallow
1: You don't swallow the actual thing. No, no, no. Did you, you swallow, swallow the thing? No, no, no. Okay. I was like, don't here. swallow the pouch. What don't do you mean don't swallow
2: what?
0: You
1: can swallow, you swallow your saliva. The
0: you have you, to spit. You're supposed to
1: spit it out. It's kind of
2: interesting. Wait, I just have one more question before you answer that question. So, how long, though, is this typically in your mouth?
1: 30 minutes.
2: Oh, so it's a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not taking it it's out. It's a
1: slow release of nicotine into your blood system. And it, you, you should feel it. If you're not feeling it right now, you'll feel it in 30 seconds. But it should just feel like a little light, a little loose, a little lightheaded, like a little bit of a buzz. This with a coffee in the morning is like journal central. Where journal you, central. Where you start writing all your thoughts. Huh. You're like, I am afraid of hate. <laughs> and then you'll write a page about hate, and then you're like, "Wow, that was fucking deep."
2: So it's like a little. It's like a little. It's a
1: stimulant. It's
0: if a stim- I have this, I'll talk even more.
2: No, 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 no! Don't. <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be on.
0: I'll okay. be ready to go. Go Ahead go.
2: and answer the question. I'm I don't remember the question. No, the question
0: I was saying is like when you're starting out, because oh, I think yeah. it's so like.
2: Can you take it, a sip of water?
0: Yeah, of course. And you're you can okay. Take a sip of
2: water. Yeah. I guess
0: maybe there's some people that start out. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> there's, you all know, right over there. There's some people oh. that maybe start and they just like fucking kill it right away. But for those that don't, I was telling your wife, I feel like this particular occupation washes so many talented people out because it's so hard to get through all the shit.
1: More non-talented probably.
0: Sure, but I'm saying even talented people that just like, they they can't get the break and just.
1: Oh, I I said we were in somewhere in the south and I saw a Comedy Zone, which is one of the chains of clubs. And I thought to myself, I was doing the arena there and I thought, I can't believe I made it through this system because it's so tough. When you mm-hmm. think of all the hurdles that are set in place for you to trip on, hot waitresses who want to party. So you end up, do end up cheating on their wife and then fucking their marriage up. And then that becomes their narrative where they have a fucked up home life or or drugs and alcohol or, and especially alcohol with me, I'm a big drinker the fact that I didn't let alcohol dictate my future and I dictated it. Or you get club managers who give you bad advice, or club, no one wants to see you succeed. See they, I mean, they, for the most part, they're more comfortable with you just doing well and kind of being a mid-level comic if you're in the club level, because they get to keep you. Or just all the things that, all the things, the pitfalls I didn't land in, I was shocked. And I thought to myself, in a moment of clarity, I feel bad for any comedian starting right now because it's so fucking hard. It's so hard, there's so much rejection that you become more comfortable with the rejection than you do success. And a lot of people will undermine their success because rejection's like a l- nice warm blanket at the end of the night that you go, ah, fuck it. No one likes me, I like me. I'm gonna watch TV, let's put on Game of Thrones. Fuck that, I don't need to do a spot tonight. So that, yeah, it's really tough.
2: How did you not get distracted by waitresses throwing yourself, like, h- how do you do that? How do you compartmentalize that? Because it seems like you have a really good relationship with your wife. How did you not let that be a distraction?
1: Well, I, number one, this is the wrong verbiage, but it's the only word I can think to say. I'm not a big pussy guy. Like, I watch dudes throw away their lo- their careers to pussy. Meaning, get hot chicks show up in the front row, and then their act is set so that those girls like it, and then they can get laid at the end of the night i was i just told this to someone today i'm more is it like
0: the guy that like okay i feel like if you and i went out together we could just go out and have a fucking great time but some guys you go out and like they are chasing women the whole night i'm not that guy yeah
1: I'm i'm not i definitely will i will never say did you see her i'm not that guy and i i actually have friends like that, and I'm always like, why the fuck, what but are you doing? Some guys
0: base their whole night about, like, that's the end, that's the, the goal of the night.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm not gay. If a chick comes by in a white shirt and no bra, I'm gonna be like, okay, I saw that. But, like, I'm not the guy looking for it, for the most part. Any time that there was ever anything questionable with any girl at a club, like, I had one time, I know I've told this before, but more importantly, I've told it to Leanne, there was a girl who was very, very pretty, and... She, I don't know how she came to my show, my Thursday show. And then she showed up at my Saturday show and we go to the bar, Copper Blues at the end of the night. And she's like sitting next to me and I'm a little oblivious to it, but it is nice to have a pretty girl sitting next to you and a girl giving you attention, especially when you're married with two kids. It feels nice. I I don't think I led into it, but at one point I said, I'm going to bed. She said, we should get high. I was like, I'd love to get high. She was like, let's go to your room. And I was like, oh, I, I don't do that. She was like, why? And I was like, I don't, I don't let girls come to my room. She was like, well, we're just going to get high. And I went, yeah, but that doesn't lead to anything good. And, and if my wife went to her roo- a room with another man, it doesn't matter if anything happened. I'm going to think it happened. And I don't want to put my wife in that situation. She said, oh, don't be such a pussy. Come on. I'm not going to try to fuck you. I know you're married. Let's just go to your room and get high. And I went, I, I, I told you already, I can't do that. And so I went to the green room. And she followed me into the green room and the manager Casey was like, and that's the other thing It's like, in a weird way, all my guys, all the guys I've ever been around know who I am. And they would never let me get into that situation. And Casey was like, Hey, he told you he's going home by himself. I'm going to walk you out right now. And he grabbed her and she was like, I'm, you're, you're making this weird. And he's like, no, you're making this weird. He's asked you to leave. He's married. He's going home by himself. And he walked her out of the club. And I was like, Wow, that's crazy! Because then, and then I texted Leanne immediately. I sent a picture over to Leanne. I was like, "Just so you know, that's what I could have fucked." And so, <laughs> but I've had a couple times like that. I've had a couple times like that where it does feel nice to get attention from a beautiful girl. But I just, I don't know. I'm also really not great at sex, and I'm not a good, I'm not a good first kiss guy. So all those, all those fucking things are they're like things I don't want to deal with anyway.
2: I think sex gets better the more you have it with the same person. I, I 100%
1: agree. And I'm not good first time. Like, I am a, I'm a, I'm a brand new dude to I'm salesman. I'm gonna do a
2: little public service announcement. No one's good first time with guys. I wish it,
1: I had heard that in college.
2: Like, I wanna just, like, it, it takes a while to develop. Yeah. The first time is, like, not the move. It's, you gotta get through the first time.
1: I've never, I've only, I've had, like, I've only been with six women, so, like, I don't, I've only had sex, I think, with, I'm trying to think. I, I think I'm, yeah. This chick from Liverpool I had sex with on a one night, not one night stand, I knew her two nights. I think she only had sex with me so she had a place to stay. No <laughs> oh God. So I mean, her and her sister, they were, they were traveling, and they wanted to stay at my place. I was like, cool, and I was partying with them. We were going to Great Adventure the next day, or we went that afternoon. We went to Great Adventure, and we came back, and they, they needed a place. So I was like, stay on my couch, and she came into my room, in, what's interesting about the story, the best part of the story is that she smoked Newports and drank Cavassier. Oh, wow. And so as I had sex with her, I thought this is what it would smell like to fuck Tupac. Like that's, I couldn't get too, and she had a, she was tongue tied.
2: You've only had sex with six people. Women. Women.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah.
2: surprising that the movie Van Wilder's based off him and he's had sex with six people. You gotta I sex know. it up.
1: I'm not, I'm not. You gotta be feeling this now. I'm feeling it. I'm not a sex guy. Like I'm not. I'm. A, you know what I am, and I, and this sounds like it's scripted for branding purposes. Love it. I oh. was the guy in college hoping to find the girl that got me, like <laughs> that got me. Like I wanted the girl who was like, do you want to just go get a pizza?
0: But jokes aside, I think that's everybody. They just don't admit it.
1: I well, I, I was aware of it. Like I remember one girl wanted to have sex with me. We were at a club in Tallahassee. And she said to me, it over summer too, so like summer sex was like easy to get. Every girlfriend I ever got was during summer. Well, it was only one, it was Kristen. Because it was a smaller community, so like you get to know people better. And she said to me, um, let's just go back to your house and have sex, and I went, no. And she was like, why? And I go, because if you're saying that to me, how many people do you say that to? And she was like, does it matter? And I was like, kinda, because I don't want you to say that to someone tomorrow night that's not me. Like I want you to say that to me all the time. She was like. So
2: you're like a monogamous hardcore i have a guy friend that that loves fucking anything and everything he wants to fuck anything he can possibly fuck we'll be out to eat he's looking to like any any he wants to fuck everything yeah and he admitted to me the other night that it's because he wants to feel desired it's not even about fucking it's that he wants to feel desired by a bunch of different women
1: i don't care i just want one
2: but it's interesting i i know and he told me it's an insecurity so it's, you both must not have that insecure oh, void. Oh no, I'm to, filled
1: with insecurity.
2: But it might not, it's not that insecurity.
1: No, I don't have that one.
2: Were you close with your mom? Yeah. Cl- good, good relationship.
1: Well, when I lost my virginity, I told her.
2: Did you, did she baby you when you were little?
1: No. Not at all. No, but I was her poet. Like she was.
2: You were her poet, what does that mean?
1: She just, like my dad wasn't like, what are you doing piercing your hair and growing your hair long? And my mom's like, it's Bert. He's my little poet. He's a little bit, he's a creative. He's a creative. And she was very like, very supportive. Very like, had my. she was a ride or die for me. She still is, yeah.
2: What does she think when she sees you now? Is she like so proud of you?
1: Yeah, I think they both are. But I think they have a hard, my dad has a hard time wrapping his head around it. We do this thing called private suite when we fly. It's a different entrance to the airport. I do it most, I did it mostly because of the pandemic, because we were flying during a during a bubble, so it was easy for me to compartmentalize my group, not have them at a airport, have them at this thing, get us to the, we get you could take a car onto the tarmac, yep. enter the plane, and then we were in a bubble, mostly first class, and then it, it was a safe way, and then I kind of fell in love with it, and and it took a lot of stress out of traveling for me, like a lot, like I used to stress about when we left, and now I don't have it at all, and so I started flying my parents through private suite and my dad just is like, buddy, it's too much. And I was like, no, it's fine. I totally can afford it. He's like, I just don't, I don't want you to spend that much money. And I was, I was like, the other day I sent him my net worth and he was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, it's you knowing I don't care about private suite for you. Like, but he has a hard time. The most money he ever made probably was like, 1.5 million dollars a year which is a lot of fucking money it was by the way i thought it would be my inheritance and like he sold his company well i don't know i mean he'd be livid if he knew i was telling you his numbers but like and by the way he'd be like first of all for 1.75 and but like so he doesn't he's concerned constantly about money but like even like he just got his hip replaced and they rolled him in and the guy who sold the fake hip to him was in there. Chris Quinn, he's my friend, but everyone in the operating room was like, you're Burt Chrysler's dad. And my dad's like, what fucking world am I living in? But it's also Tampa. So I grew up in Tampa. So I, like, I know everyone in Tampa, but like my parents have a hard time understanding what it is. Like I did the arena, the Emily center, Emily arena in Tampa. It was sold out. And, but I got my parents a box, but I also had some other people I wanted to put in the box. Like, Mike Allstott, who played for the box and Wade Boggs, Wade Boggs, a big baseball player. When we grew up, he was like the Tampa hero. My dad calls me from the box. I'm backstage. And he goes, Hey buddy, fucking Wade Boggs is in my box. And I went, yeah, I know. I put him there. He goes, do you think he knows who you are? I go, yeah, he's at my show. And he's like, no, do you think he knows? Do you think he's here because of you? I go, dad, I'm the only one on stage. He definitely knows who I am. And he's like, shut up. And then my dad got backstage and Derek Brooks, who played for the Bucs, played for Florida State, comes backstage and my dad's like, you know, Derek Brooks? And I was like, no, I just met him too, dad. And he goes, so he knows who you are? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just gave me a jersey. Like, yeah, he does. And then Derek Brooks says to my dad, it's crazy seeing his growth from where he started. My dad goes, what? And Derek Brooks goes, I was at his first show at Potbelly's like 23 years, 24 years ago. And it's crazy to see him grow from there to now playing arenas. And my dad and Derek Brooks leaves and my dad goes, buddy, he knows your name. And I'm like, yeah, dad, like. Well, he's that, just looking at you like you're his son. Yeah, like. It's probably a total mind it's fuck. sweet.
2: What, what happens to you with all of the friends that you had to now? Like, how do you manage? Cause you, there's gotta be friends that have fallen off that, that'll be jealous. There's got to be friends that have come up with you. There's got to be friends that still know you. How does it work with your friends?
1: So what's interesting is that all my friends I grew up with are proud of me. Like all my, f- all my boys in Tampa, Tallahassee, they're all proud of me, but they still, they still know me as me and they bust my balls. So there's no, like, they don't give a fuck that I'm famous. Like they don't, they, they think it's funny. They think it's cool. They think it's interesting. They think it's bizarre, but like, they don't it, it, none of them are like, none of my friends I grew up with really give a fuck about fame per se. Comedy is interesting. And I I think I'm lucky in this sense in that I was the loser for not loser, but I wasn't the guy getting specials and doing big things in comedy. I was doing television shows, but until I was 44, I was the guy at the store that people would look over my shoulder and see who's coming behind me. And I would, I was aware of my place in comedy and I was cool with it. I was cool with it. I understood that's where I am. And I have to be able to like this to love this job. And then when I got famous, I noticed not even famous when I got successful and started selling tickets and got a tour bus and started flying private. I, I have had backlash where people just people that were my friends, I've heard them talk shit about me on podcasts or behind my back. People have been like, yo, dot, dot, dot. Or like Rogan texted me the other day. Some guy was talking shit about me on a podcast and Rogan texted to me. He goes, yo, he's not your boy. And I was like, he pays
0: attention to that stuff. Too.
1: Joe is hi- Joe is Joe's hyper aware of di- of weird concentric circles. Like yeah, he I doesn't he doesn't care about him. He doesn't care about like people talking you. shit. He cares about his boys and like you know just giving you a heads up. This guy talks shit, about me. he sent it to me, and I was like, "Fuck that guy!" And the guy I'm friends with the guy. I've had him on my podcast two times. I've been on his podcast twice.
2: What did he say about you?
1: He said Netflix has ruined comedy it's not what it used to be. And and now you got these guys doing these arena tours where they're not that funny and they're drunk as fuck on stage and, and and they should call their tour the, ah, that was okay tour. And I was like, first of all,
2: but he's projecting his own insecurity. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. He's, he's done that his whole career. If I said you, his name, you'd go, Oh, that makes sense. It tracks. You got to be cool with it. I've had it. I've lost a couple of friends to people. Like when you get success, they say fucked up shit to you. Like it's funny too, but I was just talking to Tommy about this is like, What's funny about it is like I celebrated their success. Like I love to watch them succeed. I did.
0: What's that saying? Like everybody's happy for you until you get past them.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, when I, you know, I was forced, maybe it wasn't natural, but I was forced to learn a behavior where when people succeeded, me hating them did not benefit me. Me being frustrated at their success had no effect, direct effect on my success. I wasn't about to get successful because I could shit on them. And so I just, I mean, the very first person I knew to get like legit fucking famous, who was like a friend was Dane. And the day my dad sent me the USA Today article that said Dane Cook, the number one selling comic in the world ever or whatever, it was like a really big, my dad's like, buddy, do you know him? I was forced to decide what kind of, and this, and this has happened a number of times. Who am I? Am I the guy that's going to sit and stew that that's not me? Or do I call Dane and tell him, hey, man, my dad just sent me this. This is really cool, dude. Congratulations. And then Dane gets to go, hey, thank you. That means a lot. And I haven't had any calls about it today. And then you're like, oh, that's right, because so many people are just stewing that they're not Dane. Tommy, this is my favorite story that I know I've ever told, but it's tell worth Tell it. Tell telling. every story. Tommy, we did. We were supposed to do Funny or Die. Who was
2: Tommy? You can Tom say it. Tom Segura, okay, Tom Tom okay. Um, Sorry, I, I need okay. I need the I need the last names. Tom Segura
1: okay. is my best friend. He and I became friends when he was a host and I was a feature. Now I'm above him in that pecking order, and I always was the feature, and he was the host, or I was the headliner and he was the feature. And then he starts headlining, I'm headlining, and we do some shows together, but we're both headliners. But I am older than him. I'm older than him, and I and I'm more accomplished than him. Technically, I'm doing television, and then Tommy gets a Netflix special right at the right. When Netflix and it's a great Netflix, mostly stories is one of his best specials. And he blows up. He starts doing theaters. And I know he's doing theaters and but I'm I'm doing clubs, but I don't look at it as like he's better than me. I look at it as I now I can get advice from a guy I trust. And then one night I'm supposed to do this funnier die tour is called Oddball. I'm signed on to host and do like some hosting gigs. I'm getting paid two thousand dollars a week and I gotta fly myself and put myself up. But Okay. It's a great opportunity. You're working with Fluffy, Sebastian Dane was on it. Tommy was on it. Joey was on it. I think Sarah was gonna be on like all these great names. So I'm getting to hang with great talent. So that's for me, it's worth it. Well, at the last minute, I cancel all my dates. I cancel all my dates from September to December so that I can do this tour. They call me like right before September and they're like, Yeah, we're not gonna use you. And I'm like, What? And they're like, Yeah, it's just we're not we're gonna save money and we're just not gonna go with the host. So we're sorry. And so now I, I have no dates for three months, four months. And I call Tommy, I'm sitting in my, I love the small details of a story. I don't know why.
2: Give us all the small details.
1: I'm in my man cave. I'm getting ready to get on the treadmill. I'm in running shorts, no shirt. And I have, and I have my cell phone and I call Tommy to tell him I'm not doing the tour. And I'm, I have a phone like this, 444, 444. And so he goes, he says, I said, I'm not doing oddball. And he said, what? I said, yeah, they pulled me off some of the dates. He's like, are you fucking serious? I go, yeah. He goes, God damn it, that's a lot of money to lose. And I said, well, it's only like, r- really, it's only like 16,000, I think. And he was like, oh, that's what you're getting paid per show? And I went, no, 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 no. I'm for all my dates, I'm getting 2,000 a show. And he went, hold on, no, 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 2,000 a week. And he I goes, wait, hold on. You mean 2,000? 000... Wait, hold on, what? I said, yeah, I'm, ma- I'm only making 2,000 a week for these gigs. And he goes, but you have that number wrong. And I went, no, I'm, I'm no, my rate. I said, wait, what are you getting paid? And he says, I don't want to tell you. I said, why? And he goes, well, I'm afraid it's going to fuck up our friendship. I go, wait, are you getting paid more than 2000? And he goes, yeah. I said per week. And he goes, yeah. I said, wait, how much are you making? And he goes, I don't know. Is this going to fuck us up? And I took my chair, I pushed it back. I put my hands on my right close to the phone and I go, I thought to myself, do I love this guy? Do I want him to be successful? Do I want him to have success? I said, yes. I said, Tom, tell me the number. I'm sitting like this. And he says, $20,000 a show. And I realize in a pinpoint where I am in this business, what my worth is and who I am in the pecking order. My best friend is making 20, 10 times more than me a night than I'm making a weekend. And I was like, fuck, and I was like, and it's, it's heartbreaking to realize where you are. But in that moment, I decided I know who I am to this guy, and I know what he is to me, and I can't be jealous of that. And so I said, okay. And he did the dates, and I didn't. And I, at that moment, I'd been fired from Travel Channel. I took assessment of my career and where I was lacking, and I wasn't focusing on my podcast. I wasn't focusing on social media. I wasn't promoting, but I had learned how to edit and shoot. So I said, I'm just going to focus on me. I'm gonna, I was in a deal at NBC to do a sitcom, and I, did, I just dropped it. I didn't give a fuck about it. I focused on me and creating content. And in that time, Tom started fat shaming me. I started making content to combat the fat shaming. That started going viral, like viral for us at the time. And the fans picked up on it. I started moving more tickets. And then that New Year's Eve, my the week of New Year's Eve, my machine story went viral. And I took everything I learned in those three months of like find cool shit, put yourself in front of cool shit. That was my my motto. It was like find cool shit, get in front of cool shit. Rogan's cool shit. Get on Rogan, be on Rogan, be fun on Rogan, deliver on Rogan. I found a show called Hot Ones. Reach out to Sean Evans. I say your show's cool. If you ever have comics on, I'd love to be on it. He's like, we only do like hip-hop and basketball players, but like if we ever do comics, hit you up. I found a show called Jesus and Miro. I I found all these cool shit. I just reached out me to them. I'd love to be on your show. And I started doing that. And that next year I sold out every show clean for the whole year. And I started working on myself. I focused on my podcast, best friends like Tommy and Joe got me ad sales, ad sales on my podcast. And I remember doing a podcast where my ad sales buyout was 1300, I think 1300 or 1500 a read. I did seven reads and I realized at my ad share sale with my, my ad rep was like, it was like 80, 20 split. I made more, no managers, no agents. I made more in that podcast than I did on travel channel. And it, it fucked me up. I was like, I'm done. done I'm done doing television. This is the new business model. And then Tom and Joe were like, focus on your fucking podcast. Focus on your, I think Bill Burr told me at one point, your show's not great. You're a great comic. Focus on your podcast. Focus on your stand up. Joe and him, but all of them, and I had good friends around me to help me do my thing. I started doing something's burning. I started focusing on my podcast. I added video to my podcast. I hired an editor for my podcast, a producer. And then all of a sudden it just skyrocketed from there. And I, and I took that business model of like, find cool shit, be around cool shit. Find the stuff that people are watching. I started reading Google Trends a lot. And I'd find out why things spiked and why I spiked. And I'd look for spikes and I'd say, I need four spikes a year. So I'd find four projects I could get associated with that would deliver a spike. Goddamn comedy jam! I sang a song with Scott Stapp on stage. Big spike.
0: It sounded like you started to get much more strategic about
1: way more strategic. But here's
2: the lesson too out of this whole story: if Tom had not told you how much he was making, and he I would was have like, thought
1: he was making five thousand dollars, and, and, it and it you, would have, to me. you
2: would have you would your temperature my lot always says this. Yeah, your temperature would have been five thousand. But because you reframed your thinking and he told you 20, your temperature went up. That's why it's important to be surrounded by people who are succeeding. And and when you're surrounded by people who are succeeding, it makes your temperature go up. When people get mad about people making more money than them, their goal should be to, to, to raise their temperature. Yeah, but a lot of yeah.
0: people look at it and get defeated or they start being haters or whatever. I think you... I was just talking about this the other day. You either have to have a mindset where you're inspired by people like that, because if you're yeah. defeated, then you're just fucked, and you're just, you're only fucking yourself.
1: I'm inspired. I, I I've said this numerous times. I only hang around motherfuckers. I often say I'm a Mako shark surrounded by great whites. Like from afar, you think I'm a great white because Makos look like great whites. No, look, I
2: think you're a great white.
1: I, well, I will take that as a compliment yeah. and I'm not gonna put away a compliment. Thank you very much. Yeah. I think ultimately I'm a great white too, but I know that my best friends, my best friends are the funniest humans in the world that are, are excelling at a next level. And if you surround yourself with the, those people, the high tide raises all boats and and i'm telling you when and and when i go when i have questions about business tommy's probably the first person i ever go to but he is i mean he's next level and i i always bust his balls anyone listening i always bust his balls by game respects game and tommy is a brilliant businessman a brilliant comedian and a great podcaster joe rogan is like like a big brother to me like i look up to him more than i do probably anyone i i lean on him with it, whether it's health and wellness advice like legit I left the cardiologist. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I called Joe. Joe's like, dude, carnivore. I do carnivore. It's great for your liver enzymes. It's, it gives your liver a do carnivore. Give it, a, give it a week. See how you like it. I've been carnivore now for six months. I'm down forty five pounds. I, I'm on. I overweighs to well. I'm on testosterone. I've got. Fucking all the cocktail. I take the cocktail every morning.
0: People love Ways to Well.
1: Oh, the Brigham's. He texted me today. I want to have What's that guy. What's Ways on? to Well? It's a. It's a. They're out of Austin. They're fucking amazing. I
0: listened to that guy talk on a mic. Might have been
1: on Joe. He's He's on Joe. Just, he,
0: that guy's just like. That guy's just like encyclopedia.
2: What's
1: his name? Bonus. Uh, Brigham
2: Hatch has absolutely changed my sleep, but not only my sleep. It's made me not get a divorce. <laughs> Let me explain. Michael used to wake up to this like loud blaring Succession theme song on his phone and I have put him on the Hatch Restore. Basically it's a device that teaches your body when it's time to sleep or wake up with nighttime and morning routines so you can prioritize rest. I am obsessed with my Hatch. The way it puts me to bed is so relaxing. It's like a little red light and it like talks to you in this meditative voice. It's so calming and then it wakes you up slowly To like a different light that's meant to wake your body up, but it wakes you up like a cat. So it's not super jarring. I am so, so in love with this. I could not live without it. It's by my bed. People ask me all the time what I use as an alarm, and it is a Hatch Restore. The way it wakes you up is just the best, and the way it winds you down is the best too. You should also know the Hatch Plus has access to exclusive content like Pillow Talk. It's a new audio series designed to entertain you to sleep. Pillow Talk helps you wind down with the types of TV shows you love, from true crime to sports, but without the screens that hurt healthy rest. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash skinny. Visit hatch.co slash skinny to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash skinny. Every single day after I work out, I go home I'll do two scoops of protein. The protein that I've been using is by Clean Simple Eats. I personally like this protein powder because it's just that. It's clean and simple. And their protein is always grass-fed with no seed oils. You got to be careful of those seed oils in protein powders. This one has none. It also has no artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested. It's non-GMO and gluten-free. So I'll come home. I'll do my two scoops. I'll put some fiber powder in there. I will froth it up with a frother. This protein powder that I have, and I really like the Simply Vanilla, has no chalky texture. I do not like chalky protein. Like, I just don't like it. I also really like grass fed, like I said, and this one hits all the things. If you're not a fan of Simply Vanilla and you want something else, they have 26 delicious all natural flavors. You really can't go wrong. I've tried a lot of them. I'm personally just a vanilla fan, but they have unique flavors like. Cookies and cream, caramel toffee, strawberry cheesecake, and even cinnamon roll. I even got my daughter to do protein water. She calls it vanilla water or chocolate water, and she does it over ice and water. I froth it up and she loves it. They have a code for you. You can visit cleansimpleeats.com and use code SKINNY10 at checkout. You get 10% off your order. That's cleansimpleeats.com, code SKINNY10 for 10% off all orders.
0: all in one place, all on your own terms. Lauren and I are absolute fanatics about owning your own online brand and presence, whether that be a personal brand, an online store, a blog, a newsletter, whatever it may be. Owning your own IP, owning your own product, owning your own trademark and name online is so important, which is why we love Squarespace so much. Long gone are the difficult days of trying to create your own website, trying to figure out 18 different people to hire with huge costs. I remember those days they were miserable. If you have a product and you're ready to sell it, they can help you create an online store so that you can sell your products easily and readily to all of the customers you may have. You can also create a video collection, host your content, organize your video library. You can create email campaigns and drive a subscriber list all to your content website. If you want to create a blog, you can do it there. And what I love most is they also have an analytics tool where you can use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are most effective. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash skinny to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash skinny for 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain using code skinny. Enjoy.
2: Out of everything that you've been through in your whole career, what's been the the moment that you can pinpoint that was your biggest struggle?
1: Oh, it was that moment. It was that period of time. Leanne was redoing our house. I didn't know if I was going to have money to be able to, I didn't know, I didn't have any income coming in. I got fired from on one day. On one day, we started demo on our house. I got fired from Travel Channel. She wanted me to get a vasectomy, and and I think I don't think it was Sober October, but and one more thing happened. Everything happened on one day, and I got pulled off that tour. I got pulled off that tour, and in that day, I was like, and Christmas was coming, and I was like, do we do we say it? do we have one big Christmas left, and then what's I've been a poor dad to Christmas. It really sucks. <laughs> And I was like, what do, what is what is this going to look? What's this year going to look like?" And I was scheduled to do Oxnard for twenty five thousand dollars for the weekend for New Year's Eve, And no one showed up.
2: No one. What do you do when when you're a comic and no one shows up? Do you just re- use it as a tool to refine your skill?
1: You apologize. You <laughs> apologize to the manager. You apologize oh. to the wait staff.
2: Wait, actually literally no one showed up or there was like two people. like, what do you No,
1: there the club was one of the bigger clubs they'd built. I think it seat's it's like four seventy five. And maybe 125 people showed up for New Year's. That's something. Well, it's not $25,000 guarantee. And so they lost money. And I got in the car that morning. I was going to do Rogan because we were all, Tom and I were doing fat shaming, the whole buildup. We were doing a weight loss challenge and we were going to weigh in three days straight on Rogan and see who lost the most weight. And the loser had to have his beard shaved. And I was panicked. I was get my beard shaved. And I drove home from New Year's Eve that morning, the New Year's Day, the sun was coming up, I was dropping on the 101, listening to Creedence Clearwater Revival. And I thought to myself, this machine story just started going viral, like three million views. And I thought to myself, I think I can do this. I think I can let this be my low point and move forward from here. But that three month period, it fucking homeless people were breaking into our house. I thought I did a gas leak with our fucking propane tank in our house. I mean, like, it was like a shit show of events of that three month period was my lowest of like I mean I said things I regret I remember when I got fired from Travel Channel the lady that fired me was like we're not gonna renew your contract and I had been in a contract for like six years of Travel Channel and it was good money and I was like okay I go what's that mean and she goes like well, we're done using you and I said but like okay but I can I still pitch shows to you she was like yeah but we're probably not gonna do them And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to work with anyone else. What the fuck? I was like getting broken up with. And this poor woman sat on the phone like, this is awkward now. And I was like, I just, I love you guys. It's like a family to me. And I was just hoping that she would say, well, maybe we'll do. (sighs) I regret that so much. I wish I had just taken the phone call and been like, cool. I saw it coming. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I'd gone to lunch with her and in the middle of lunch. She left the table and went and sat with another table.
0: Oh, God.
2: When when you look at you and all these high performers that you hang out with, what are, what are things that you think make you and all these people so successful besides talent?
1: Don't listen to anyone. They don't listen to anyone. Joe Rogan. I, I hate that I talk about him as much as I do. You have to understand. He's your best friend. I love this guy like a brother. And so, and you got to understand also, he changed my life. He's changed a lot of our lives. And he's been a real, a real channel marker for Indirectly, us. Indirectly,
0: he changed like... The scope of media. Yeah. I mean
1: he said when he started his podcast, he was doing he was selling fleshlights. <laughs> and everyone's like, dude, don't sell fleshlights. And he was like, he was like, yeah, but it's it's money coming into the pocket. It helps pay for the podcast. Joe didn't listen to anyone. People were like, Why are you doing a fucking podcast? And he was like, It's fun. I like it. He didn't listen to anyone. And I think that's the one thing is like, trust yourself. When I started doing promo videos and really leaning into Instagram, there were comics that mocked me like fun mocked me but they're like what the fuck I remember my special was coming out and I was I wanted views on it and I was thinking of all the different content I can do and one of the content bits I wanted to do was take my camera to the store interview all my friends that are more successful way more successful than me and ask them what the best way to watch a special is so that I could have a clip of your all 10 of your favorite comics and then I could splice in Whatever their answer was, I could have them make it sound like it was glowing about my podcast, right? Like it was a fun, it was going to be obviously noticeable, but it would be funny and light. So I did everyone. I did uh, everyone that was there. I did everyone. And I did, I remember I did Sebastian Maniscalco. Now Sebastian's a private dude. I have to give that to him. But I did him, shot it in horizontal. I don't know why that matters to me. Sebastian said to me at the end, how can you do this? I said, what? And he goes, aren't you humiliated? And I went no. He goes, I would, ne-. and he wasn't being rude. He was like, I could never He's do. Genuinely
0: curious about. He was how like, it.
1: I could never do what you're doing, to go and bring a comic, a friend, and with a camera, and what what is this? And I said, I'm doing a promo. I told him my promo, and he goes, How? Why do you do that? And I said, Sebastian, some of us have to like hustle to get views. Like you're really talented, and you're just fucking amazing. And I'm not that. I'm the guy that needs to hustle. So that's why I do it. I do it because no one's giving me anything. No one gave anything to Sebastian, but no one's definitely giving anything to me. And I'm fucking 44 and I'm a white dude dad who drinks a lot. Like no one's like, that's the thing we need to watch. That's the hot new product that's been here for 20 fucking plus years. So like I, but those moments are like, I don't take them as insults. I take them almost as a compliment of like, yeah, I don't mind. Like I don't mind doing a promo to promote dates. Cause I know if you're a fan of mine and you see it, you're just excited to see that I'm coming to your city. And if you're not a fan of mine, well then you're not coming to the show anyway. And if you don't like the promo, okay, I get it. But like, I'll give you another great example of not listening to anybody. I said for Sober October one year, we always do a physical challenge in our Sober Octobers. I said, one time I said, we should do hip hop dance for our challenge. And Joe's like, absolutely not. I said, no, we'll all learn. He goes, no, I know what you're saying, but I'm not learning a hip-hop dance. He are going to look like fucking fools doing a hip-hop dance. I said, no, but that would be fun if we all get with one dancer for the whole month and learn a dance, and then we all post our dance online, and then people get to vote on who the best hip-hop dancer is. Joe, Tom, Ari, all of them are like, that is the dumbest idea. I didn't think it was a dumb idea. I Still this day, I—, I it would I, get views. Well, I shot it. I shot it. I just said I'm going to fucking do a hip hop dance. I got this girl Dee Glazer, great dancer. Me and my daughter would share her videos with each other, and I reached out to her for $1,200. She coached me for a week on a dance. Then we went to a studio and I did my dance. I did a hip hop dance that she had choreographed to Post Malone. And at the last minute, I said, "You know what we should do? Can you do one? Can you do one where you give me space on the side, and and then let's run my scroll my tour dates and we'll announce my tour this way." That tour sold out in 15 minutes, and a month later, Tommy did a hip-hop dance video, and he was like, it's not a bad idea. He sold his dates out in five minutes, because now everyone knows the thing, and the day it released, it went like, I think got like six million views that day, and everyone, all my buddies, are texting me, dude, this is fucking hilarious. This is great. You can actually dance, like, but I was like, I'm not going to listen to anyone, and then I started going, I'm not listening to anyone. I'm not going to tell people my ideas anymore. I'm not going to run things by anyone. So the next tour, I hired a marching band. I said, come to my house. I'm going to shoot a promo. They're like, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know, Figure it out. I got a cameraman, my cousin Andrew, stood on a ladder. I said, do you guys, what song do you guys know? I, we didn't have any schedule, anything. They, I just have a marching band and pizza. And I said, I got them for like $2,400. And they go, we know Rubber Band, man. I was like, cool, play it. And they're like, where? I go, I don't know. Stand around my pool. Stand around my pool. I'm going to go into the man. Stand- I got it. And then this is, the best, this is the best advice I'll ever give anyone. Just turn the cameras on and it'll show up. It'll show up. You just got to turn the camera on. Don't overthink it. Turn it on. So I stood in my man cave with weights. I was in my man cave shooting from outside my man cave. I'm doing shoulders. I have great shoulders. And I said, what's up everybody? It's your boy, Bert Kreischer, the machine. I got a big announcement. And I walked out of my man cave and I grabbed a whistle that was around my neck and I blew it. And the drummer came out dun, 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 behind me and I go, we're going big this year. I got the, whatever it was called, body shots, world tour, or whatever. I don't forget what it was. And then I stand in front of the band who's all surrounding my pool and they play rubber band, man. And I dance just with a, with a baton and they scroll the dates and, and that tour sold out immediately. And then I was like, fuck, I, there's a phrase I love. I'm using everything hoof to hoof to snout. I want the whole cow. So I got this band there. I was like, fuck it. Everyone in the man cave, we're doing another video. Fuck it. Everyone in my bedroom, we're doing another video. So we shot three videos with this one twenty dollars investment that sold tickets. Cause what, cause I knew once the tour sold out, you're adding shows. So I need a video for that. So we got on the treadmill and, and, and we shot that video. And then I just started doing that. And I kind of painted myself into a corner because I mean, I've done it all. I've had synchronized swim teams at my house. Like I've I've done everything to promote video, promote tours. And then I got to a place where, like, the promoters would be like, and it's a cool place to be in control of your career, but the promoters would be like, yo, you, you wanna do Red Rocks? And I was like, well, yeah, but I, at the time I could only move 5,000 seats. And they're like, they're like, yeah. I remember my agent was like, I bet you could do it. And I was like, you think? And he was like, I think you, I bet you can. Like, I wouldn't say that to any of my other clients, but I think you're up for the challenge. And I love a challenge. So then, I, I, I brainstorm. I'm in Serbia shooting my movie. I read Rocks on Sale. Nothing's happening. And I got 5,000 tickets sold, but not 10. And then I pull my tricep. I ripped my tricep on my arm. And I got it. I talked to the cardiologist, or to talk to the surgeon and the anesthesiologist night before the surgery. Anesthesiologist says, hey, what music do you want to go under to? I was like, I can pick music. And he was like, yeah. I said, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival's Fortunate Son. And I took my video. I took my camera. And they wheeled me into surgery. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to count backwards. I'm going to do a read. And I just want you to put me out in the middle of my read. So I rolled in. It's a great fucking video. I said... What's it's up, everybody? Really it's your boy Bert Kreischer. I just want to tell you, I'm rolling into surgery. I'm nervous as fuck. I'm hoping to make it on the other side because if I do, I have Red Rocks coming up November 2nd. I will see you, Colorado, at Red Rocks. Sir, are you coming? And he goes, Wait, where are you? Red? This is a real conversation. He goes, You're at Red Rocks? I go, Jimmy Buffett's the night after me. He goes, I. You hear Creedence Clearwater Revival picking up in the background. He goes, I love Jimmy Buffett. I go, So I'll, <laughs> and I dropped the phone. I <laughs> oh, came out of surgery, and the first thing I said is, Did I get it? Is it on my phone? And the guy goes, You got it. We hit stop record. You got it. And I went, Put it up, Red Rock sold out clean in a day. Amazing. And so I love, but I love the challenge. I love the challenge of, of having to sell more tickets. I'll, you'll never, I'll always say there's tickets available. Even if it's sold out, there's tickets available. Always. And, I, you know, it's, it's, it's why I created my festival, Fully Loaded. And, and I'll say this candidly. I have 32 of the greatest comics in the world on that festival. But it, it, the onus is on me to sell those tickets. They don't have it in their contract where they have to post anything. They do out of the kindness of their hearts. But ultimately, they, they have a deal with me where I pay them to come just do comedy and I get to use their names to promote it. But I love that challenge. I love that challenge. And it it, it is to my detriment at times because I am so hyper-focused when we talk about how it's good to have you back. I was just like, whom? And I would love fucking any video to promote anything. The idea, like the first time we did Fully Loaded, I came up with an idea of, you know, that thing of, hey, I got a cool thing, I want to show it to you. And then you cover it up and then you pull it back and it's something else. Well, I had all the comics do the video and I gave them the copy and they'd be like, it's Burke Kreischer, I have a big announcement. And then it cut to Nikki Glazer. And then it, but it was my voice going on dot, 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 dot. I got some of And then it was Joey Diaz and then it was David Tell. And then it was like, but it was like, it was re- a really cool video and it sold tickets. And you're I,
2: very resourceful with your approaches. You're creative.
1: I love the creativity. My, I will tell you this, you guys have been to my my podcast studio. That house gives me so much purpose because I walk into it and it's so full of life. It's all filled with women. I love working with women, but it's so, it's so filled with energy. I mean, we did a promo that I think it's got, I don't know, it's got like six, I don't know what it has, but I I said, I said, well, we got to promote the Top off World Tour. How do we do that? And I was like, I, I'm always topless, but what if I had a top on and then I had all the women in my Hot, uh, office topless, but covered like Austin Powers style, and so we went through, and I was like, "We got a big tour. Tell them what's going on." And then Rachel's got a poster in front of her boobs. She goes, "Hey, where are we supposed to put this poster?" I go, "Don't worry about the poster. We'll take care of that later, guys. We have tours." And it went through all the women, and then it ended with Leanne with two boxing gloves over her tits, going, "It's a, well, it's a fight of your life or something." And, and but I love that energy. I don't I think love. I could
0: get away with that promo in this office. I think I oh. would be
1: dude. We the funnest thing The funnest things. Lock me up. The funnest thing ever is like. Just and that's the other thing is like don't listen to anyone and don't even like get in your head about stuff because just shoot it. Just shoot it. And if and if it's bad, no one sees it. So who gives a fuck? But if it's good, they see it. Thanksgiving this last year, me, Vic, Peter, and Rachel sat down in front of a green screen and I was like, what are we gonna do? What what's the let's shoot something? What do we want to shoot? And they're and I, and and I think I think it was either Mir or Vic, who was like, "We should do like like how to drink yourself through the Thanksgiving." And I was like, oh, "That's a good idea." Let's. How do we do that? And I was like, "Well, Vic's like, what do you? How would you want to do it?" And it's it's a collaboration for real. It is a collaboration of all of us, kind of brainstorming an idea. And we did this video for Thanksgiving of like, it's your family's around. Here's how you start your day. You start your day with a sneaky beer that no one sees. Like, and we just kind of tracked out your drinking, and it went. It did huge numbers for us, and it, but it, that that energy. I, that's the reason I got into this business, like to make fun stuff and put out cool shit. And like, yeah, there were times as a dad that I would get a water slide and put it in our front yard with the sole purpose of shooting a promo where I go, girls, invite your friends over just heads up, Georgia, you're going to need to hold the camera. <laughs> and I did a, I did a video to promote Australia where I had a bunch of kids. Nine-year-olds in bikinis going Ali Ali Oi Oi Ali Ali Oi Oi.
2: You know what? I love it. I, I love it. I don't think. Could you get away with it? I no? told
0: you, Bert. You're fucking killing it, man.
1: I'm not killing it. I, the killing—it's a perspective. I think there are people who feel like it goes back to that young influencer, young comic who gets it all. They feel like they're killing it and they they own it and they're like, "This is me." I think one of the good things about me is I don't. I constantly think I'm not there yet. So I'm constantly thinking, like, we're, all I'm thinking about right now is Tucson, Arizona, January 18th. That's all I'm thinking about.
2: Tucson, Arizona, January 18th.
1: I'm thinking about El Paso, San Antonio, Amarillo. I have tour dates on you my you head. All,
0: when you,
2: so you're going to be in San Antonio. Uh, can I ask a question? Please. Uh, I, uh, do you know who our next guest is after you? Who? Aren't they friends?
0: I think so. Stamos? I love John He's Stamos. probably right out there right now. I, no.
2: I know. I, I was just going to say, I, feel, I didn't even get to ask you any of your wellness stuff.
0: Oh,
1: my well, you're wellness gonna, you're stuff. Gonna come is, back. No, I'm having. Yeah. Can
0: what you I said see is, if
2: he's out here? If he's not out here, I want to see. him. What I said him is I, I want stuff. you
0: and Leanne, now that I've gotten both of you separately... John Stamos
1: is beautiful. Keep the door open. We'll yeah, see keep him. the door open. Yeah. Can...
2: Before John comes, can I get your wellness tips?
1: My wellness tips. Oh, God damn it. Tips. I could
2: talk, podcast with him for another two hours.
1: Oh, I'm I'm a better guest than I am host. <laughs> the uh, My wellness tips, honestly, are I'm very grateful for having played sports as a kid, because I love being physical. I love, my biggest wellness tip is working out in the morning, no you're, matter and how you're, you and, feel. And
2: you're athletic, I heard.
1: I'm sneaky athletic. Like, yeah, I'm but I sne- feel
2: like you're good
0: at like, randomly almost every sport. Like jump into like
1: golf. I play baseball. Like when we, we did the fully loaded tour of baseball stadiums, I was like, I want to take some BP. And the guy, the guy pitching to me is like, I hit one off the fence. And he was like, that's with no pace. David Talbot, a hundred bucks. I couldn't hit out of the infield. I'm fucking going yard. I went out to my high school to when I was doing the Emily and the kids were like, yo, take batting practice. And I was like, I'm hitting a home run. And I sat up there for 30 pitches until I hit a fucking home run.
2: It seems like you tell yourself you're going to do something and you do it.
1: Uh, do you, you've heard my story about the LA Marathon. Oh, I told Rogan and Tom and Ari, I could run the LA Marathon with no training at all. And they what? were like, absolutely not. And I was like, easy. And they're like, prove it. I went, all right, signed up for mar- the marathon, no training, other than like get on the treadmill and doing like- Zina,
0: we, we talked about, it, this is like similar to like that Dan oh, Bilzerian story when he's like, I could ride my bike too. Yeah,
1: I love that energy. I love it. It's almost I almost become a little bit of a heel in those moments because Joe is so grounded in reality when it comes to athletic abilities. And I was like, I can do it. Cause I know there's, I know that there's a mind over matter thing. And I was like, all I have to do is decide to put one foot in front of the other for the next five hours. And I will do that. People have done worse.
2: Wait, I want to know, like, from a, a micro standpoint, what your wellness is. You scrape your tongue every morning.
1: I will sometimes notice that if I'm not feeling well, it's because my mouth isn't clean enough. Huh. Yeah, but I can like
0: lower your blood
2: pressure too.
1: Yeah, well, that and pills. I do. I do sauna. Okay. Every day, I well, do you cold sun plunge. Your butt hole? I sun my butthole. Yep. I get I get morning sun, but I like it because I do my gratitude. Then I journal every day. I journal more now that I'm when I'm in and out of drinking because I think it helps. Ground me, but my big my and I, I'm on. Uh, I wish I could knew all the stuff I was on. I'm on a cocktail of vitamins all through ways to well. Okay. I'm on testosterone. I'm a big proponent of tons of water before sleep because so I like I always isn't politically correct, but we used to say that's the Native American alarm clock because before they go to war, they drink a ton of water, so they woke up early because you got to piss. So, like, that's how I wake up by oh. having a piss. Oh, that's interesting. And but working out, I work out hard, like, I work out until I throw up, like, like I work out until. I get like physically burnt. I like, got to
2: be honest out of every single person that I've heard listens to the Skinny Confidential him and her podcast. When you started repeating things back to me that we said, it was, it, I was shocked. Oh yeah. You're not like the picture of the person no. that I picture listening.
1: No, I'm not. I have other things that I'm like really into and like I don't want to become an old man who only listens to old music. So I just recently started to get, try to get into bands. I'd never heard of, like okay. really get into a band. Okay. And that's really fun is discovering something new and then falling in love with it. It's really cool. So you, band,
2: you love a morning routine. You love I a night. I
1: love morning routines and I love now my evening is like around sunset. I'll hit my vape pen once okay. and then, and that'll help me not drink. Okay. And then I kind of detox my night. I'll have a cigar maybe. And I sit in gratitude in my backyard and uh, I go to bed listening to podcasts.
2: I mean, you've got, I think people have you wrong with that. When I learned how to a routine, you're militant.
1: Oh, I'm very, I only wear one shirt, type of shirt. You only James see me Purse? in James Purse. Yeah. Only. I only wear James Purse. I like a James wear,
0: Purse better. I'm wearing a John Elliott shirt now, but then I saw you wearing James Purse. I like Purse James, James I got Purse a little better. jealous because that's such a softer shirt. Oh, yeah. such a great shirt. It's better.
1: I have, I have a little, I I like being... I like certain things and I like having my things. I only fly in track suits. I have rituals befl- before I fly. Like- What's your ritual? <sighs> Everyone get ready to be freaked out.
2: I love it. I can't wait.
1: So I get in the shower, I wash my hair and all of my body, feet included. I keep the soap on my hair, my beard, and my body. Okay. And I get down in a squatting position and I visualize a successful flight. I say, let's get there. And then I visualize my my eyes. Burbank to Salt Lake, Burbank to Salt Lake, Burbank to Salt Lake. And then I do six clear takeoffs from every direction. And then I go Burbank, to Salt Lake, Burbank, Salt Lake. And then I do six landings from every direction. And then one more time for Dexterity, I go Burbank, Salt Lake, Burbank, Salt Lake. Then I surround myself three times in a coil of love. And then I surround everyone in my family, Georgia, Isla, Leanne, our dogs, our cat outside. Isla's cat upstairs. I do my t- my sister, her husband. There are two kids. There are two dogs. I do my sister, her boyfriend, my parents, and then I do a big loop around all of us, and then I end on three coils around myself, and I center it in the head of my center of my head with a spike, and then I say a prayer. I kiss my my I kiss my my cross, and then I rinse off, and I'm ready to fly.
2: No wonder you liked my morning routine
1: <laughs> every time. You
2: like you like very detailed. Leanne said that that comedians were. They ruminate and they're OCD.
1: Oh, hardcore. When I get a joke in my head, it's all I think about. And like, a, like you're trying to untangle a necklace and I just chew on it and chew on it and chew on it. And I, like, uh, what was the joke the other day I was trying to write is my dog loves my dick. And because my dog saw my dick and he and he freaked out. Like, I've never had anyone care about my dick that much. He liked it. He saw it and was like, that, why are we just bringing this out now? And I, and Leanne was laughing and the dog, oh, we have a 150 pound bull Mastiff, two of them. And so
2: did you have peanut butter on it?
1: No, 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 that does work though. The, no, I had to hold it. I had to hold it away from my dogs. My dog was so into it. And so when that happened, I wrote that in my head and then I started ruminating about like, I could be a bit, what do I, my dog, and then I'm just saying my dog loves my dick. My Dog loves my dick. And then I'm just going, my head the whole day I think about it. I chew it. It's fun. I do it with stories.
2: Do you meditate? No. You don't meditate. We talked about that.
1: I, I do the Calm app every now and then. Okay. But I'm always afraid someone's going to throw something in my face. What do you mean? Like if I'm, I'm afraid that I'll be like this. And then I will come up and scare the shit out of me or someone. So Your dog will start time. sucking your dick. Uh, yeah, my dog <laughs> will start sucking my dick. By the way, that dog, get, I, I've seen him go after a bone. It <laughs> would be fu- I, that dog it's has a got dog. a fucking. You've, you've seen Pris. Uh, Pris is our old dog. Max Mouth. I love thinking of a problem. I love I love I love fantasizing. So like today I was taking a shower and I just found Oh my God. John Stamos, everybody. Hi, Hi it's
2: nice so to nice, say, it. to nice, to meet you. nice to meet you. John, hey, pleasure to meet you. My
0: pleasure.
1: Pleasure. pleasure. pleasure to meet you. These people are too good looking. I saw uh Bob passed like yes a year two years ago, two years ago yesterday. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, man. No, it wasn't. Come here, come here, grab a seat. We'll sit together.
2: Yeah, I mean
1: here, here, take should, this one. Sit down. So they're too good looking, both of them. Oh. I'm high. You no, are no, no. I got high this morning. We're
0: gonna
2: talk about I just want morning. to know who has a better hairline, you or Michael. Oh,
0: Michael
1: is very good, but it's sort of a uh, vampire. I mean like a You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I, mean yeah, yeah. You know, I
0: call it hold hold up, Teresa mm-hmm. Judah. Maybe I could get some tips because I like the way this thing just flows. No,
1: let's start if there's with, anyone I'm gonna take some. You guys tips from. haven't gotten a chance to smell him yet. You smell, smell phenomenal. You? Well usually phenomenal you smell like my car when I was a kid and we go to the beach. What are you, wearing? you, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Like what are you wearing? Yeah, Bert's Car Beach. Right? <laughs> Close.
2: How do you I'm guys so... know each other?
1: We did a podcast together. By the way, I'm a huge fucking fan. We I'm did a huge, huge fucking fan.
2: We did his
0: podcast. I did his podcast. He was
1: very kind to of me. It was so nice.
2: I read your entire book. You did? And I harassed people to reach out to you. Oh, thank you.
1: We're going to get into it. His okay. book
2: is so good.
1: Oh, uh, you're, I listened to it. I listened he, to it. I listened to was, it. Yeah. You
2: listened. To, you actually yeah. consume a lot of content. But fast,
1: yeah. right? You did it on... I did it, I did it was fast so it sounded like he was on Coke. No, <laughs> I,
2: read, I, I read it on my Kindle. Oh, thank you I much. loved it. It was oh, so you. good.
1: And I knew I'm you guys so knew each other so we're, we're waiting for you to oh, see each oh, other. Oh, oh so cool. I told him, I said, open the door. I just want to say hi and then I'll leave and I'll let you guys do Do you want to tell
2: John about your routine that you do in the shower before you fly?
1: Do you want
0: to tell about no. how your dog
1: blew you no, my, <laughs> no no bob would love that joke
0: that bob had bob, bob's remember he had a song called my dog with my balls excuse me ladies sorry <laughs> see
1: sorry. oh so trust me oh. it's normal, it's it's normal. normal. It happens. yeah sorry talk about yours no no no, <laughs> no. my dog loves my dick so how so, you guys
2: know each other because you did a podcast together mm-hmm. i did his yeah. podcast
0: but we he was so you were so kind and you were so smart oh, you're too. the
1: best He's and, the um, fucking best. I'm a.
0: i'm ai i was a fan before and i was a fan of you guys what was I going to say? But you we weren't drinking, we weren't drinking. And then I look on Instagram and you're on a boat, you know, with your shirt off like yeah. normal and yeah. booze, right?
1: Yeah, I've had I've had some booze. But uh, you do look I've skinny. Some You've lost
2: weight since 45 the last pounds, time.
1: 45 wow. pounds, yeah. Yeah,
2: you look really skinny. It's probably hard to be skinny in this day and age, though, because everyone automatically thinks you're on Ozempic, huh? It is. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 No, no. No. But does no, everyone no. say that to you? No, no one ever asked. <laughs> they think I got my stomach stapled. Oh. I think, they think I'm smart enough to use Ozempic.
2: <laughs> and it's actually the carnivore diet.
1: It's a carnivore diet. I'm 100% carnivore. Although I smell horrible, I think these days. You I smell... Can't smell. Really? Yeah, I really can. Well, I he...
2: think I had COVID like years ago and it took my
1: smelling out. Sorry. Oh,
2: well, it. you smell great. He thank says you me. smell great.
1: I've had COVID seven times. You're this week? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that funny. <laughs> when well, you can make a brilliant comic like this guy laugh, that's a good thing.
0: Uh,
2: well, thank you for giving me my first Zen pack. He, of g- he gave get, me bro. nicotine on air okay, good. that dispersed <laughs> in my mouth and then I had to take it out. I don't really know what that was, but it did get me a little high. Yeah,
1: it gets, it's a nice buzz.
2: Before John comes on the show, pimp yourself out. Tell Bert, us where come to find
1: oh, yeah. You no, please, I could have talked
2: to you for six hours. We'll
1: come out to the—I don't have any tickets to sell, I don't think. No, 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 like the Austin show is sold out, but but uh, Tops Off We're World Tour. What,
2: why Austin? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what about LA? About the
1: jet? I don't, uh, oh, I'm doing the Forum May 11th. Okay. I'm doing. doing form, yeah. yeah, no, no big doing, deal. Doing the, you ever,
2: if you would have, if I would have told you, if you would have told me that you would <laughs> be
0: doing the, did you ever think you'd play the? Form? I mean, that's pretty.
2: If you, you told
1: you... me, I'd be sitting next to John Stamos. Oh. I'd be like, no, but for real, that's like oh, crazy. Hey, what do true. you think we're thinking? Was, I know, never, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'd never thought this would happen in my career. But I think that's why. You think that's the good thing? Like you've said that to me that like yeah, you, John was legit, just a kid from Orange County, just a kid from Irvine, like, just a kid, and, like, wasn't, like, uh, the, you know this from his book, but wasn't this massive stud growing up? And then when Still you say, not. if you thought you were a heartthrob, did you ever think that was going to happen? No, no, never.
2: <laughs> when we told people that we were interviewing John Stamos, every single girl's eyeballs popped out of their head.
0: I think the office is on. The office, the, the office is yeah. buzzing today. Yeah. I, I know that one
2: girl out there, Jane, is that her name, Jane? Yeah, they, I think all of them are... <laughs> Their tongues are wagging yeah. town for
0: a while. Oh yeah, yeah. But, no, that's for this, that's for later in the episode. Um, uh, no, at I leave tomorrow. Will. I go to
1: Mexico to go but see the great I love you, day. buddy. You thank gotta you, gotta for,
0: thank yeah. you for doing this.
2: Where can everyone find you? Where can they watch you?
1: Go to Birdcast, go to burp, burp, com. Like I said, Top Song World Tour starts in Tucson, ends in Austin. We'll in come May. in Austin. And then I shoot my special in July, and then I'm taking a fucking break. Good for you. Good for you, brother
2: two things before you go you can watch us now on youtube so you can go on youtube search the skinny confidential and watch our entire episodes on your computer or tv also you should know michael and i are doing a him and her newsletter so basically it's a him and her tip of the day five days a week and the tips are very specific as you can imagine and then we also have a monthly favorites So basically we collect all our monthly favorites, everything we've bought and used and tried and put it in one monthly newsletter for you. To sign up for that, go to shopskinnyconfidential.com and sign up for the newsletter. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.